Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 29, 30, and 31 of The Shadow Rising, Homecoming, Beyond the Oak, and Assurances. Enjoy! All right, welcome to season four, episode 15. Actually, episode 80. Um, one, 81. <laughs> Add the extra mm. ones. Um, yeah. So a couple of quick announcements before we get going. We do have two new patrons this week. So we have Tryen and Terry. So thank you. And, and Yay. Yeah, we, we love our patrons. Um, also, we did do a giveaway. Um last week i announced it um i guess this morning if you downloaded the episode from last week already this morning you've heard that we're doing a giveaway i waited till this afternoon to do the drawing to give you time to listen to it if you don't listen live uh, you didn't see it on twitter it was posted a week ago it's for a wheel of time water or tumbler um like a polar camel like really nice one and the winner is floaties Floaties. <laughs> He's won it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So nice. Cool Good job, Floaty. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. So I will Congrats. send Floaty uh, a, a, a water, or I guess not necessarily <laughs> water, a, a tumbler. Um, that's right. A rum tumbler. Yeah. So fun times <laughs> there. As far as uh, any major milestones, we did hit 90,000 downloads. Actually, we're at 91 now. So hopefully in the next few years. Oh, yeah. Big hundred thousand downloads um, since we started. Nice, this. that would be pretty cool. That'd be fun. Um, 91, I, 90,000 downloads. That's yeah. crazy. Ninety-one. That is crazy. Why would people want to listen to us? I don't know. <laughs> I only account for like four or five of them. Let me, let me pull my dashboard. Let me see exactly what the number is as of right I have this never second. Downloaded one. <laughs> this is not I listened to, to single two one of, of our. Episodes. Episodes. I have listened to two episodes. So our all-time downloads are 91,508. So nice. as, of, as of right this second. <laughs> in, in the last week or so, I've talked to a couple of friends that I knew had read Wheel of Time, and I had mentioned this too early on, but I didn't like nag them about it. And I followed up with them. I was like, so did you ever listen? They're like, oh, yeah, I'm all cut up. It's very enjoyable. And I'm like, really? And you've never said anything? They're like, yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's great. I listen to it on my commute. You guys are really good. I'm like, oh, well, oh, wow. for saying something. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah it's actually we- my, my wife's um, aunt came uh, in town today to um, help with the kids because the kids are both home. Um, and uh, I had to go out in the office today. So, um, uh, we were just talking. I was like, yeah, I'm recording tonight. She's like, oh yeah, we listen, me and, me and my fiance, we listen to your podcast all the time. I was like, I didn't know I told you we had podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, I guess I'll have to be careful about what I say. <laughs> uh, no, we like the real you. <laughs> really? That's why I have to continue to drink on this. Cause if I stayed sober, I'd clam right back up because I'd think about, I'm like, oh wait, I have like six family members and a couple of close friends that listen to this. I can't say anything. Yeah, but a couple shots at tequila. Oh, yeah. and who mm-hmm. cares? Yep. Filter's you, gone, right? right? Yeah. And you might hear another voice talking with us right now. Uh from the, all the way from Arkansas, or as I'd like to say, part Kansas. R Kansas. We have oh, Vance. Our Kansas. R Kansas. It's part Kansas. Uh 
Hey, how's edit it going, everybody? Out. Edit Vance. that out, Alan. Vince. What? Edit it out. We doing it. We doing it over. <laughs> oh no, you're good. No, we'll we'll leave done. his pirate <laughs> joke in there. It's just oh, no, our Kansas. Our Kansas. Yeah. So Vince, yeah. you are the red hand. Introduce yourself. Tell us all about yourself. Hey, everybody. Uh, Vance here, Bar of the Red Hand, back again for yet another guest spot here on The Wheel Reads. Last time I was on was, what, back in December of 2020, I want to say? So it's been a hot minute since I've been on. We don't talk about that year. <laughs> we go 2019 straight into 2021. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, you mean you mean the year that was your fastest growth year up until this year? I don't, oh, I don't, wow. I don't recall. Literally, I just <laughs> actually don't recall any of it. <laughs> There's a, there's a lot of time spent, you know, in the bottle in that year. Oh, yeah, yes. for sure. Mm-hmm. It was a time. I won't say a good time. It wasn't a bad time either. It was a time. And we well, it was it. a time and it was not a time. Some say it was a time yet to be in a time long past. Perfect. What's that mug you're drinking out of, sir? This this mug right here? Yeah. This is my Dusty Wheel Frosty mug. I actually have one for y'all. Let me get it here real what? quick. But yeah. I'm going to use my I dusty just, wheel tonight too. I go yeah, back. And I was, forth, al- so I was already awesome. drinking out of the dusty wheel mug. So Chris, I did. Chris, you have a dusty wheel mug. I do. I was just messing with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to get some plugs here and there for different things. I go back and forth. Uh-huh, I see. I All still right. need to get our float as one. I saw my mom's that you sent her along uh-huh. with other things. Uh, and it's very cool. I think. I mean, I've the seen T-shirts with the, the floaties mug. thing on there, and that's cool. <laughs> but the mug with the floaties cartoon thing on there is probably the best piece of merchandise you can get. It's so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I need to get me one of those, actually. Yeah. That's next in the hopper for me. Yeah. Well, tell us more about what you do, Vance. I mean, you have a YouTube channel. You have a podcast. You have all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Jordan so... Con extraordinaire. Uh... <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. So uh, as Alan said, uh, Bar of the Red Hand on YouTube, you can find me at the Bar of the Red Hand. Uh, I, I do a lot of YouTube videos based on the Wheel of Time. Uh, I've done some character deep dives, done some actual like real life history surrounding things around the series, uh, specifically the video game. Uh, I have done some metaphysics videos and some theory videos. And I did a video where I broke down like Tom's guitar, looking at historical instruments from our past. And just seeing where the team at Sony and Amazon drew inspiration from for that guitar uh, in the TV show on that teaser. So, uh, you know, and kind of going into why a guitar does make sense for the world of the Wheel of Time, maybe more so than Tom's harp slash liar thing he was using in the books. So, yeah. Um, And then I've, uh, you know, I've got all the socials, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, at Red Hand Bard on those, just because that was shorter than the full of the Bard of the Red Hand. And then I have a podcast myself called The Gleeman. Uh, we've taken a bit of a break here recently, um, but uh, we've been going through the books one by one as my first time reader friend, Matt, uh, also known as Wintermute here on the Discord, uh, been, went through the series, and he's now actually done. So we've got a lot of catch up to do. Uh, but uh, wait, you let him read ahead? Yeah, he, uh, he, we weren't doing. Friend. I'm switching podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not... I'll give you content, we brother. Not... You don't worry. <laughs> right? Yeah, we were not doing like chunk of chapters or chapter by chapter. He would just read a book, and we'd do an episode on it. So we've got at least seven episodes, I think, seven or eight. No, maybe six. Maybe I'm maybe I'm not doing math right because. I'm 
traditionally terrible at it. Uh, Matt's not important <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, right. We've got a few. Uh, we got a few episodes that we need to get recorded. So okay. yeah. Um, but uh, and then as Alan said, fresh back from Jordan Con, as y'all can see by the wall here, I've got all the swag. Jordan Con bumper stickers, some Rakappa stickers here, a Black Tower podcast thing there. Uh, it's time to toss the dice for Lord Matt Cotham on Twitter of time. Jordan Con badge with all the ribbons. That's so yeah, cool. Let's have all the ribbons, y'all. Yeah, so we can check the ribbons <laughs> there. And yeah, cool. uh, overall, I, I thought that I'd... was a fantastic experience. I thought I made a smart choice in not going, but when you started photo dumping your time there, I was looking at it going, oh my gosh, Atlanta is literally right down the street from me. I could have gone for a day or two. Like, I, uh, it looked awesome. I'm very excited. Well, you're going in April and yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be lit in April. Like I thought this time was lit, but then Alan told me that you guys were going. I'm like, oh man. Oh yeah. We got to yeah. get ready. Oh, it's we've got to prepare. <laughs> we need stickers or bumper stickers, Alan. Yeah, and we, we, we already get... have our tickets. So yeah, so we have our tickets to Jordan We are going in April. Um, I've already reserved a hotel. We got everything kind of lined up, ready to go. Um, just because I wanted a bigger room, because if it's three of us <laughs> for activities, <laughs> um, and, and also we have, so yes. have parties. Um, and yeah, so um, JordanCon, that's gonna be fun. That's a that's kind of a I was gonna talk about it in my personal life, but um, but I guess it goes to the podcast too. Just go ahead and roll right into it. Yeah, uh, well, I want to give a YouTube update yeah. too. I haven't put out some YouTube videos. I did put a deep dive for Bill Doman out there, so if you want to go look at my deep dive, really onto about sailboats, because that's it all was I fun. talked about. <laughs> I watched it. It was it was actually really good. <laughs> So yeah, um, Bill Doman. Uh, and then I hope you didn't actually watch the whole thing. So spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't touch anything that you don't send me directly. So and, um, it was it was on our it was on our Discord. That's yeah. Shame on you, Alan. <laughs> I put a spoiler warning up in front, but oh, anyway. Let's... So. Um, so then also I am doing another Wheel of Time video that I already recorded. I'm editing in it right now. So it's editing. Um, it'll be out sometime in the future. So, and then also a sailing video. So go right into personal life. Um, I'm going to be sailing tomorrow. So I'm going to do another video for that. Also have a big race coming up in August uh, later in the month. So Ian might be joining me for that. So that's going to be fun. Um, and so this is the Wednesday night kind of joke around. It'll be actually a real race. I probably won't do a video for that one because it's a night race and I don't have a night vision camera and just seeing darkness is probably not the best youtube <laughs> so um so yeah um probably not gonna do a video for that one but um yeah uh as far as everything else goes just uh hanging out with the kiddos you know taking care of them a lot we're going to an adventure went to bluebird gap farm last weekend which is fun um it's a uh, it's a not really a farm I guess it is a farm. It's like more of like a, a petting zoo kind of sort of thing. It's in Hampton. Like, city farm. like they don't actually farm anything there. It just has farm animals and you can go and yeah. look at the. Wait, did you say Bluebird Gap Farm? Uh-huh. Don't yeah. tell people about that. You shouldn't. <laughs> it's like, but everybody, it's like a rite of passage if you're a local Virginian. Like you have to go at least twice in your life. It's, it's forced so bad. Upon you in it school. is bad. It's not any actual farm. It, there are farm animals there because there's a couple of peacocks. Call it you don't... <laughs> it's better than being in school. Wait, so is it like a is it like a petting zoo type deal? Is that basically sort of, pretty kind much. of? Oh, there's chickens. But all the animals yeah. are struggling. Yeah, the animals are. <laughs> they don't give you food <laughs> to feed them. You have to put a quarter in the machine. And I'm yeah. like, come on, where's 
it's and then, and then as soon as you have the food, yeah, as soon as you have the food, the animals go like crazy. Like <laughs> they try to eat you, not the food. Uh, I think I think just about every state has that kind of uh, you know yeah. farm. But it's like, just around the corner from PETA, but they still haven't been shut down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have a nice playground there too, like swings and like little you know playground types. That's so, the best part. That's the best part. So anyway, it's it's also free, except for the food. <laughs> that, that's true so, yeah anyway that's 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 my personal life how about you guys what's going on um i debated on whether i would share this i'm just gonna go ahead and do it because it's it's funny but also at the same time it wasn't and still kind of isn't and we're working on that but okay so you know how facebook hits you with memories from like many years ago and sometimes the early stuff might have been associated with a picture, but the picture's no longer there, and there's just, like, the comment. So, anyways, I'm scrolling through my memories, and something popped up from 2006. And it was some girl that I went to college with, and it was some random comment. So, 2006, I'm, like, already in the Army, getting ready to go to Iraq. I think at the time, I was in Kuwait. And she... I don't even remember exactly what it said. It was like, what in the sex sandwich is this or something like that. And so it popped up. There was no picture associated with it or anything. And I was just like, haha. And I put an emoji on there, like a, a laughing face or like a, like a shruggy shoulder sort of thing. Right. Just cause that's funny. I mean, throw it back to a 15 year old comment that I don't know what it was about, but it sounds hilarious. Right. Well, Facebook also does this thing where let's say Alan's also my friend and he's no way associated with that. And he's scrolling and maybe on his newsfeed, it'll scroll and it'll show where I commented on that. Now, if Alan saw that, not that big of a deal. But let's say my current girlfriend saw that and she was scrolling and she saw that there was some other girl making some sex sandwich comment that I commented on. Um, and <laughs> so that was a got thing. some splaining to do not explaining, explaining some splaining all right and so uh to be fair i mean there's more to the story than that this was also on the day after i got home after my kids were so they're back with their mom now so we had a big seven week visit during the summer they went back so like i went like super introverted mode and I may have not responded to some of her texts or phone calls, but I really didn't respond to anybody. But I did, <laughs> I did make that comment, and there's a timestamp on it, which just made it, gosh, so much worse. Much so, worse. Mm-hmm. yeah, um, in the doghouse, probably deservedly so, a little bit on that one. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's kind of bad because, like, on the one hand, I'm like, I don't really, I don't really feel bad about it but i could also understand how from her perspective that is horrible so i'm still yeah. i'm still processing you know my level of responsibility and all that jazz there your level of responsibility <laughs> sounds like you over dinner oh I no i mean man yeah I'll, I'll do that from time to time like if i see something pop up like from a memory when some like comment in says hi and i never responded to it like 15 years ago i'll just type back hi yeah <laughs> like 15 years to later. me it's funny if it's like a 10 plus year old comment and you just go hey, hey. and then everybody goes oh my gosh i remember that or something like that you know this one did not age well though no. it was not <laughs> there's so many there's so now many other variables to the scenario that just yeah. make it worse actually yeah. so but yeah that's yeah. A, yeah. Doesn't doesn't sound good. It was all bad. 
No. Nah. How about you, Chris? <laughs> Besides your computer dying. Oh my God. Okay. So first and foremost, I mean, like planning a trip to Newport News soon, which is nice. I'm ready to, to come back and see some people and say hi. But um, man, I woke up this morning. So preface with, you know, I work the summer school program and I was in the active directory, had my account set up for work. And then last day of work, like 3.30 that day, all of my stuff stops working. I send emails, I get no responses. Friday comes around, my new boss from my full-time job is sending me messages. I'm like, I can't access my stuff. I'm working on it. I get nothing. Then I get an email to my personal email account telling me I need to come pick up my new work laptop today. Monday hits, I try to log into my account, still nothing. I get there this morning, 8.45, supposed to be there at 9 o'clock to get my laptop. Get this laptop, and the IT guy's like, so go ahead and log in. And I'm like, it's not going to work. He's like, yeah, it will. I'm like, it, it's not. It's really not. He's like, yeah, sure it will. So I put my, my login information in, and he goes, huh, that's weird. I was like, no, I, I'm out of Active Directory. Like, you, you guys have kicked me from the system because my contract for the summer ended and instead of just continuing my contract or just continuing my access you booted me and I'm like and I have mandatory training that needs to be done this week and next week and my computer at home is on the fritz so if you guys can't get me in I can't do this training which means you, you technically can't hire me oh well we can get you in temporarily but that's not doing me any good tomorrow or the whole week when I have work to do. And so I have a $800 paperweight sitting here because they still haven't figured out how to just call human resources and have them change my start date so I can get access to the system. And on top of everything else, like I have my personal laptop in my hand after I've been working on it all day and I have a spasm in my arm and I dropped my laptop and now it's completely dead. So I will be having to probably pay off a credit card and then turn around and use it to get a new laptop because at the current moment the only technology I have is my tablet and that's just not going to cut it otherwise it's been a really good week <laughs> good I love technology hey but at least you didn't accidentally get on Facebook and comment on something from 15 years ago mm-hmm. oh no I do that in front of her face I'm like do you see this girl's ass like look at this <laughs> she'll be like yeah I do see it like, see, like we can agree on the on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think you solved that by communicating. I, I wasn't that day, and that <laughs> I think that's really the kicker. I think these is. books teach you is communication is important. I just wanted yeah. one day. <laughs> um. Anyways, right? We know I messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Vance, anything with you besides recovering from Jordan Con in New York City? <laughs> yeah. Uh... Not not very much. Been playing house catch up. Various, uh, you know, got to do yard work. Got to, you know, work. Start working on some summer projects that got pushed off because I was going to Jordan Con and then vacation. And I'm like, well, now I need to do these things. And it's like really hot, and I'm I'm less enthusiastic about doing them every day. I look at the thermostat. So I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, other than that, just working on stuff for the channel. Um, you know, writing some writing some draft articles up that might go up on the Great Blight. So we'll see. 
okay. uh, if I'm happy with them by the time I'm done with them. Uh, other, <laughs> I do that a lot. I write a lot of, I write a lot of draft articles that never see the light of day. So uh, in case anyone ever wonders, it's like, man, Vance, Vance only puts out like one video a month. And I'm like, yeah, it's because I write like 13, 13 or 15 articles that go nowhere. <laughs> wow. I, I don't have that much writing. I, and I could, I could turn them into scripts too. And I, I might go back and do, start doing that. But yeah, I just got a lot of ideas that I shelved. Okay. Cool. Um, let's do predictions real fast and jump right in because we have three chapters to cover tonight. Um, so predictions real fast. Uh, Perrin is immune to Balefire. There's a steak dinner on that one. Ian predicted that. Um, <laughs> Slayer is Fane. Um, that was Chris's prediction. Um, the Tower of Genja, Genji is uh, is where the doorways lead to. And Hopper is useless, according to Ian. <laughs> Bro was just taking a nap, just chilling. Hot take. Hot take. Great chilling. <laughs> Parents like, what did you think of that? Hopper went, <sighs> what? uh so it might have angered some of our fans with uh with that hot take but uh we'll we'll see Mm. i mean i don't love hopper sometimes sometimes i call alan a dark friend lazy son of a bitch but i love him to death y'all know that sometimes (laughs) all the time all right so let's go right into this next this this, uh the first chapter we're covering chapter 29 homecoming um and the symbol is the dragon's fang um even though uh, we're not really talking about Rand, but that's the symbol they chose. Um, I think because they talk about scrawling dragon fangs. Yeah. yeah. But, so um, we start out with Perrin, Gaul, Loyal, Fael, Bane, Shiad, and, and company all traveling through the Westwood, and they finally have reached Emmonsfield. Um, Perrin tells Fael, like, hey, uh, stay behind. Or actually, no, before they get to the actual Emmonsfield, they get to Tama Thor's house. So they go past there. It's been burnt down. It's all and, jacked up. Yeah, Fael's like, is that your family's house? It's like, no, that's Rand's family's house. Um, and it looks like it's been pretty much destroyed. Um, I think the only thing that's left is like the sheep's pen. Like the house is just burned to the ground. Um, yeah, so Perrin uh, decides to leave early with, uh, with Gaul, uh, without Fael, to turn himself into the White Cloaks. Uh, decides to go to the Wine Spring in first just to get some intel. And kind of just dips out. So let's talk about that move. And I guess this first scene, the Alfor farm burned. Was that surprising? Uh, might not have been. I don't know. Let's talk about it. What I oh. got out of this opening scene, and Chris, I don't think I'm going to spoil anything because that's nothing to do with what Alan just talked about. Uh, it comes down to when they were coming up on the farm and it says about Perrin, he, done, he did not even think of knocking an arrow. The fire was weeks old. The burn wood, slicked and dulled by past rains, yada, yada, yada. Uh, his, like, wolf-like senses, his able to sense, smell, everything is just getting infinitely better. And it's it's not like Jordan talks about it directly. He just throws in there how Perrin's able to know certain things. Like, early on, when it came to smelling something or someone or smelling someone's fear, there was a lot of talk about it, and I think this, and I think that. But now he's much more confident. Like, he knows. He's like, oh, that's, that's old char and old smell and old this and whatever. And just very confident in what he's sensing going into these situations. And so I definitely picked up on that. Other than that, it wasn't much of a surprise that, I mean, with what happened on Winter Night, 
I kind of figured like Tam's not going to, I don't know. I just didn't see him sitting around by himself rebuilding. I figured it would have been jacked up anyways. He just got jacked up again. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, so the, the senses being that much sharper did really hit me until we got a little bit later into the, uh, these three chapters. And I was like, wait a second. He went from being like kind of able to process some things to this being natural, which is really just hit me. I was like, wow. But then I was right there with you. I was like, Tam, I I first off, I couldn't fathom Tam wasting the time to go back and even rebuild to begin with for it to then be burned down again. I was like, well, that's really jacked up. Jordan really didn't like Tam, apparently. (laughs) 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 Like Tam put all that work into it and less than a year later, like everything's burned down again. I was like, well, damn, like, can he have one moment of happiness? Um, And then, you know, Perrin having that urge to have file with them, but you know, her being mad is something that I'm like, can't she just get over it? Like we're, we're here now, like kind of move on. And Ghoul just finds it absolutely hilarious. So I think that's just indicative of a good friend. Like parents made himself a lifetime friend in the sky. So yeah. How about, that, how about when he's telling Rand, he's like, I don't know, man. When a maiden wants you, you can't run away from that shit. She gonna get you. And Fael's kind of, I mean, she kind of like a maiden. And I, yeah, good luck, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I thought that was hilarious, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he just, I guess he yeah. thinks parents a little dumb for trying to run from it. But it's not running from love. It, you know, it's it's parent trying to protect her. One, he doesn't want her to try and stop him from what he thinks he has to do. Uh, yeah. But also his goal is to confront the white cloaks. And obviously he wouldn't want her around for that. Like she could mm-hmm. get hurt. So, you know, he's trying to pr- protect her and, you know, mm-hmm. protect his plan. So whatever, yeah. some shit yeah. there maybe. Yeah. So in the next scene, Perrin gets to the wine spring Inn. he's able to sneak in with Paul <laughs> without any notice at all. Um, he's kind of, you know, he knows the lay of the land. He's probably been sneaking in to steal honey cakes his entire youth and knows how to get into the wine spring <laughs> without anybody noticing him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure. Um, and maybe sure. letting some badgers out secretly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, you know. Well, you got to ease the badger. You don't want to just let it go yeah. flying yeah. everywhere. You right, right. Yeah. yeah. E- yeah. Ease it. Up. Ease it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the, he gets inside and uh, goes to the kitchens and uh, comes around the corner and there's Marin Alvier and, uh, and Brand. Brand. Um, Alvier, the, the innkeeper and the mayor of the town. Uh, and they're just sitting at the, I guess, at a table. And as soon as he introduces himself, he's like, it's me, Perrin. You know, they stand up real fast, knock over chairs, like, my boy, Perrin, you're back. <laughs> um, well, first, it's kind of looking out the windows real quick, be like, shit. Well, that's, that? yeah, that's, their immediate, see? Let's, that's their yeah. immediate next reaction is like, let's go close the curtains. And, yep. uh, okay, you're back. Shh. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. why well, are you see, here? Well, see, what really threw me, I'm going to be honest with you, like reading through it, Jordan really painted the vivid description like the Edmund Fielders were at work. They had rebuilt. They were working. You could smell bread. You could smell honey cakes. You could see people out there, you know, sweat glistening already. Like the morning chores mm-hmm. and duties had ensued. And it's like, this is not what the expectation was. I yeah. expected like dead bodies and rank smells and, you know, parent headed towards imminent death. So... Mm-hmm. I was actually yeah. kind of thrown a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I was anticipating the white cloaks actually, you know, maybe the, the officers or whatever, having taken quarters there in the inn 
and uh, even before we ran into uh, the mayor and his wife, like you said, when he mentions the smell of honey cakes, I'm already thinking like, wait a minute, would she be cooking the white cloaks honey cakes? That's not, <laughs> no, that's, that, I mean, that's back to that. More than honey cakes. Yeah. That's <laughs> part of that stubborn, like, uh, trait that they all seem to have, like, in a good way, you know, they get knocked down, but they're like, well, just, we're going to keep on making our honey cakes and keep on doing this. They're probably already putting money together for fireworks for next year's winter night. So, like, well, so Ian, would you say that if they get knocked down, that they get up again? Yeah. Cause you're never going to keep me down. Yeah, yeah exactly. I get, you take I get knocked down. A whiskey drink or a cider down, drink. But, or but, but, a but, drink. But, but. Did we take a drink? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. A little, oh, a little sippy sip. Uh, sip, sip. sip. Yeah. So go. I actually have a question for you guys. Like uh, with the description, of like all the damage from winter night being like uh you know repaired and the town looking you know pretty good about how long do you think the boys have been gone now like how much time do you think has elapsed since they left to appearance return gosh we had this conversation not that long ago but it's over about a, year. a year and a half yeah i think it's at, at least a year Okay, been, yeah. So at the beginning of the Dragon Reborn, that's winter again, and we're coming out of winter in the beginning of the books with winter nights. So mm-hmm. this is probably a year and a half. Yeah, year and a half. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Just want to just want to pick up. You know, see if you guys picked up the the passage of time. Yeah. Right. Uh, moves pretty fast in these early books. Mm-hmm. Probably almost like, in my mind. I was in that time frame only because we've mm-hmm. talked about it somewhat recently in other episodes trying to figure out where we were. Um, I feel like if we weren't having those conversations along the way, I, like I'd be thrown off a little bit at this point because you almost think it's longer with everything right. that parents been through. And also yeah. he's got this massive beard. He's very much, mm-hmm. he's, he's not this timid boy anymore. He's a man, man, like, mm-hmm. and we see it coming in these chapters coming up, like just taking charge of the conversations and what mm-hmm. needs to be done. And, uh, yeah. He's far from that, like, quiet, listening, thoughtful, think everything through parent that we met three books ago, where we're like, everything he does is calculated. He only speaks when absolute has to. Now mm-hmm. he he's definitely taking charge. Yeah. yeah. And he's not okay. in a position where he can just assume that somebody else knows what's best to do. Mm-hmm. like oh well i'll just trust right. the mayor and what he says we'll do or or this i said i'll just do what she says or rand you know if he says it i'll just do mm-hmm. it like he has reason to trust himself quite a bit but he also has reason to mm-hmm. question every bit of authority around him so now he mm-hmm. has yeah yeah like you said no issue take a charge and mm-hmm. yeah. A lot of yeah, yeah 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 this is uh i i mean yeah this was like for me in the early books the early arcs like this is one of my favorite like parent like beginning of his storylines. Um, mm-hmm. So I just wanted to see where y'all were at in that headspace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm liking what I'm hearing. So yeah. 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 Um, so the next little bit, Marin asks about Egwene, you know, saying, you know, does, does Perrin know anything? He's like, yeah, she's safe. She's probably in Tarvalon. She's not, but she probably is. And she says, yeah, she's trained coming. I said, I, and Marin's like, yeah, I know. She's wrote us letters. Um, wrote us more according to her letters, but only three have, have actually made it. Um, I think it was three, three, three letters. Yep, it was three. Yeah, but the, the, the letters had alluded to that there was more letters that did, didn't actually make it all the way. 
um, which could be just really bad postal service in this type of world, or it could be something more nefarious. I don't know if you guys read into that at all, but um, I did. I was like, maybe dark friends are picking up her letters and reading through them, or maybe the tower blocked the letters, or maybe Moraine didn't want her parents to know what was going on. There's so many maybes. Yeah, there's a lot. And then they see the Aiel, which is one of my favorite little interchange when when call comes in and so like good. they're like and they're like so surprised like there's an aiel and he's like in our in our inn he's like roof mistress you know let me guard your roof or whatever and here's a gift and i pull out this like giant thing of gold that they've never seen anything of that much wealth I'm like here's your the parents like yeah you clearly just stole that but whatever that's <laughs> gold, I, gold, I love salt shaker i, I, I love how- mistress alvier who yeah. does not love mistress alvier here oh, yeah. like this is her inn She's going to keep her shit together. She still has to play the host. You know, she has every reason to be like, what the fuck? But she does it. She's like, um, certainly you can do some roof guarding, but how about you let me decide when that's necessary? You know, you just sit right there and be comfortable. You're my guest sort of thing. Um, very cool. That up until this point, yeah, up at this point, she's able to keep her shit together. She might lose it a little bit later when she sees somebody else, but right now. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and thank you for your gold trinket. Thank you for gold trinket. It's not just a trinket. This thing's like more gold. The than gold bowl. Right. <laughs> more yeah, gold. I, don't, I don't know that that much ever. gold has been in the two rivers in anyone's ever. memory, right? <laughs> it's like. Yeah. And Perry doesn't want to bring up, yeah, it was just stolen from Tyr. Like, it was literally just huh? taken. Like, but whatever. Yeah. whatever. I um, mean, yeah, we all we all just broke into the stone, you know, various different times and raided yeah. the treasury. No big deal. Yeah. Ran you take all of it. Did the thing. Just right. took a did the thing with that it. sword. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. we took some gold. No big then, deal. Yeah, so after this brief brief interaction, uh, you know, Marin and Bran both turn to Perrin and immediately start saying, okay, glad you came to check up on us, but you got to leave, like, now. Uh, <laughs> the White Cloaks are here. He's like, yeah, no, that's why I'm here. And he's like, no, but they're patrolling everywhere. They're up in Watch Hill, which is north, close to the Tarn Ferry. Um, if you remember book one, they went past Watch Hill um, on the way out. Um, but, um, but yeah, they said the trolls, patrols can be anywhere. You really shouldn't be here. You know, she probably, you know, thank you for coming by, but, and parents like, no, I'm here to turn myself in to stop all this. And that's right. When Fayil interstage left. You what? utter idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you, you bullheaded Nikum pooper, whipper snapper. You're gonna do what? Hey, Hey, she, she ain't wrong. Just saying. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> she's not. I still love parents. At this point, she's not wrong. Well, so knowing what we know now, she's not wrong. But just going off of the facts that Perrin knew at the time, the variables that he knew when he made that decision to give himself up wasn't necessarily a bad decision. Mm -hmm. Turns out his mind, he was doing the the thing that's going to be best for his family. He was Mm -hmm. going to save them. You know, that was all that was on his mind. And, you know, the was it Alvir? Is that how you pronounce her last name? Yeah, Brent, Brent, yeah. yeah, but Alvir, they're like, you know what? You got to go. Like, this is not the place for you. You shouldn't be here. We're doing the best we can to keep the peace. And, you know, then, of course, like you said, Fael shows up with her two Isle women. And she's just like, you're an idiot. He's like, no, they're, they're after me. She's like, yeah. why would they be after you? He's like, well, I, I killed three other people. That they yeah. two that they know of 
a third that they may or may not know of. In the background, the Alvios are like, what? Yeah. Our parents? <sighs> and this is the part oh. where Ben and Chiadi also give a gift, and then they also see Loyal. So <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Let's, let's not skip over the best, the best interchange, scene. the best line from this chapter. Right when Fahil's laying into Perrin, and she hasn't been introduced yet. She's like, you addle-brained lummox, you don't have to do any such crackpate thing, you goose brain. If you try it, I'll hang you myself. And Mr. Salvier, <laughs> being calm and cool as ever, goes, Perrin, Mr. Salvier said quietly, would you introduce me to this young woman who thinks so highly of you? <laughs> I, I lost my shit laughing at this line. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Because she... From the moment she walks in, Fael's just laying into him. Way better than yeah. Egwene ever did to Rand or anything. She's just giving him a full-on, this is why you suck at life in every which away which is out here. She must she must really like you. you. Yeah. Why don't you introduce us? Right? That's endearment yeah. there, if I yeah. do say it, to myself. She's kind, of, she's kind of like this, right? It's like, hey, so I see uh, you've got a girl home. And she really really likes you and you apparently don't know because she has to do this to even get you to pay attention right, right. she's she's screaming for attention yep. yeah but that was that was pretty funny yeah yeah, I yeah. That. and then you have the next uh funny interaction of course with when bane and chiad give a gift and loyal comes in and they're like oh an ogier and yeah that's um, yeah, yeah. Facebook page. and, and Ma- then master alveal at, at that point you could just I don't know. I could picture him like just looking. His eyes keep getting bigger, and at that point, you know, screw it. And well, takes that's a that's giant, that point. Takes he's... a giant swig of his cider and like, oh my god, where's Brandy? Uh, yeah, and 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 Mr. Xavier, who never drinks, actually takes a shot of Brandy. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> double shot. it was a double. It was shot. a double shot. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna need some help getting through this. <laughs> yeah. So Aaron uh, just acting all cool, like, yeah, this is yeah, who I roll with, guys. Yeah, these yeah, are my friends. My people Let's say something. What? Yeah. And Perrin goes on and says, well, at least before I leave, I got to go talk to my family. Uh, and Perrin just grimaces and goes, yeah, um, your family's farm was kind of attacked. Because, oh, well, I need oh. to go help them rebuild. And he's like, yeah. He said, your family's gone. Those were his words. Yeah, right. your he's family's gone. Oh, yeah, your family's, your family's gone. gone. He goes, oh, well, we got to find them, help them rebuild the farm, you know, and they're like, no, not gone. They're, they're dead. They're dead. Um, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, your grandmama, they're all gone. Everyone. Whole family. Yeah. This part was tough. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So in my mind, I was like, at least it was Trollocs and not white cloaks. That doesn't justify it. It doesn't make it any better, other than the fact that for all of these people to be killed, at least it wasn't another human that did the killing. Because mm-hmm. then I would have been highly upset and agitated. Like for some reason it made it easier for me to accept that they are all gone because the Trollocs did it because they're animals. Like they yeah. don't differentiate. There's they more of a randomness it. to it. So yeah, I, I guess at the time I kind of had that. Yeah. I could feel you on that. It, I, th- I think we know it wasn't, I don't find it random after we read further. in. Oh, I, sure. 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 No. Yeah. There's more so, to it, but yeah. 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 I think so. Um, obviously after a chapter like this, if, if we haven't said it before, it's not like I sit there quietly and don't say anything. Like I will message Alan a little bit. And after I read this, I was like, I just messaged him privately. I was like, oh my gosh. He was like, so you read it. I was like, oh my gosh, 
he's like, so we went back and forth and talked about how, like we're always, Chris and I are always giving kudos to Jordan with how he writes. And it's not like he comes out directly and he goes, and Perrin was very sad. Just the interchanges back and forth and how you could see how his mind is just refusing to process it, but then slowly processing it. And uh, I don't know, there's, there's some conversation back and forth where they're describing stuff. And then in his head, he's thinking about his mom enjoyed the blossoms and his sister would put the blossoms in her hair and this, that, and the other. And it's like, he's trying to remain mission focused. And then finally, like little pig, it, it takes, yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. And then, you know, he doesn't even realize it at the same time. He's like slicing his thumb on the blade. And then finally, Fael just forces him to face it. And Fael's like, look, this happened, you know, greet grieve for a moment. Right. And, and yeah. holds him and he just loses his shit. And as the reader, you know, if you have the time, I mean, I was in a position, you know, no distractions or whatever. So I'm just so deep into this when I'm reading, you can't not feel that grip you. Like it just, you feel the lump in your throat. Like you want the story to move forward. Like how does he respond? What's the, what's the military response? Who do we go kill? Like, but at the same time, like your my own throat is clenching and chest pounding and you're getting overwhelmed with them. And I don't know. It just, it was really well well-written and shit yeah. at the same time you go through those flashes with him it's like they're like oh it wasn't it wasn't the white cloaks the white cloaks are actually helping us it was mm-hmm. the trollocs and then he's like oh not the white cloaks they're like but like, matt and, right matt matt's family and and they're all abducted by the white cloaks but they're safe and he's yeah, like they- my mother loved the apple blossoms and it's oh like gosh yeah there are many uh, council members on their side. Like you can't be seen. They will turn you over. And I love it. The girls used to go and put the, the apple blossoms in their hair. And my brother used to play in the trees and the in the limbs and throw the apples. And then it's like, and Patton Fane now Ordeth is with them. And he's like, oh, he's a dark friend. Yeah, it was even like friend. an offhanded comment. Like he's a dark friend. He's going through all of these flashes. And then it's like, the bosom of a woman just brings it out of them. It's oh, like, it, it'll do that. It will. Yeah. It's that. a, it's a tough scene. I mean, um, the only thing, I, the only caveat that a lot of people have said about it is that they wish they had developed parents, family more in either world. That way it would, I guess, have more of an impact than these characters we never met. It still has impact because his family's dead, but at the same yeah. time, um, they were talking about things they could change in the show. You know, the show comes out, they could actually, you know, make it so they... Well, I remember at one point asking whether or not he had been an orphan because there was right. no real discussion Mention. about right. the family. Right. And then we had this connection of like, yeah, he went home during the, the feast days and he had a brother who was nine and a sister who was 18 and 16 or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he had like whole full-on people and then he had the aunt and the uncle and I'm like, Big family, These yeah. So never showed mm-hmm. up until they were dead. Like when when I think of parents' family, I was thinking of the blacksmith and his wife. The right. Luhans. Like, and I'm like, the wait, Luhans. yeah, it's not the Luhans. He's not a Luhan. They've been captured and are being held by the white white cloaks, the Luhans, and also mm-hmm. uh, Natty Coffin, uh, who's Matt's mom, and then some of their kids. I had a, seen that I thought a- Master Luhan would have been, and maybe he still is. I'm not knocking him because he got caught. I mean, way outnumbered. I get it, but I, in my mind, I saw him teaming up with Tam 
and having a little band of rebels. Um, So it was a little surprising that he got scooped up like that because remember Perrin's axe, which is not a, Hey, I'm going to go chop wood axe. It's a kill people, slaughter people axe, right? That was master Luhans. Was it not? Uh, He made it for someone else, the axe for someone else. And the person didn't end up wanting to pay for it. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes it settle a little bit better, but I was thinking, I guess I but, had in my but, mind that it was but, Master but Luhans. I just see Mistress, him as a big old blacksmith. Yeah, Mistress, Mistress Luhan did take out a trollic with a frying pan. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and she's right. like the biggest woman in the two rivers, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I ain't gonna pick a fight with I mean, him. he could wrestle with that. He should be able to wrestle with any trollic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they start asking about, you know, well, we saw Tim's farm was at Trollocs too. And they're like, Nope, that was the white cloaks. Uh, Pat and Fane's here. We already alluded to this. Uh, you yep. know, and he led the white, he's leading the white cloaks for some reason. Parents like, yeah, he's a dark friend. He actually admitted it to us, you know, in Faldara. Like we caught him. And, like not, not a little bit of dark friend, like, like full crazy on. ass, full blown yeah. might be the friend of the dark friend, One, friend, yeah. dark friends. Yeah. Nice. He's like um, Alan level dark friend. <laughs> <laughs> Inspiring, pulling strings, puppet master. Yeah. And um uh, and they said, but you know, but on the plus side, they have this new guy named Lord Luke who's come into town, and he's a, a he's a hunter of the horn. He's a hunter of the horn. He's been organizing Ooh, some of the Lord villagers Luke. to fight back the Trollocs. He's a great gentleman and helper. Mm-hmm. Slayer. He's the Slayer. Thank you. He said it. <laughs> we all know this. Although, yes, so you. I I say that now, but like it's funny we get introduced to Slayer. Uh, so I'm like, all right, yeah, Pet and Fane is Slayer. And then we get into this guy, and I'm like, yeah, this guy's Slayer. Slayer. And yeah, I'm going to say it three more times before the it. night is over. But there's a lot of suspects for Slayer <laughs> at this point. Well, but they're talking about a guy as big as a bear, like, taking things out. Like, so Slayer's got to be, like, a massive man of mystery. It could be a Dr. Jekyll sort of thing. It could be Tam. Tam's not a big dude, but maybe he goes all, like, you know, yeah. hide on us and Warps out and that would be that would be quite the twist. That'd Mm -hmm. be the twist. Tam's on my list of suspects. Not gonna lie, all that all that portal stoning and time time traveling, time traveling, messed up. Yeah, Yeah. one of the side effects. (laughs) One of the side effects. So, and then of course the final thing is when Perrin finally breaks down and Fayel holds him and tells him grieve, and he does, and that kind of ends this chapter. Have you ever had one of those moments where some asshole try to forces the grieve on you and they give you one of those hugs where they won't let go and you weren't, you didn't want to have a sad moment. You were actually trying to be serious about the situation. Like we need to do this. We need that. But like, they just don't let the hug go and it just pours out of you. Have y'all ever had that moment? It's usually like a close family member that recognizes that like, all right, I know you're trying to play it cool and make it through this, but you are about to break down, so let's do this. I've usually just always turned to uh, the bottle, um, which is not I mean, that's what I do it's now. not healthy yeah, uh, at all. But like, right. there, there's, I mean, there's one case in particular. I was over at a friend's house, and we were drinking light. I mean, not heavily, but like we were drinking a little bit. And I got a phone call that one of my sailing buddies had passed away, and like I was like, oh, that sucks, you know, like we're with a group of friends, and like I tried to like hold it in. My wife like immediately looked at me and like realized how fast it started downing drinks, and she's like. Alan, you're not all right. Go outside. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. We're hanging out with friends. It's okay. Like, good it's, time. It's good. Uh, I'm having a great time. I'm having a good yeah, time. It's I'm... a great time. <laughs> just, like, just down in the drinks. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't realize it. I was just like sitting, chugging, and like, oh, I just said, like, you need to step outside. And 
<laughs> and like, yeah, we, we probably just need to go. Um, and I was like, no, no, we can hang with friends. It's fine. Um, yeah. So I've had similar, yeah, that was kind of, but I, I asked because yeah. people have always commented on how, um, you know, we might have unique perspectives because we're reading it and we're a little bit older. We're not old, but we're not kids reading this. And this is definitely one of those moments where I think if I was young, even in my teenage years where I hadn't experienced a lot of loss at all, I'd be like, okay, I guess this is a sad scene, whatever. But now, you know, I, I'm pushing 40, but I've certainly gone through moments of just being overwhelmed with grief and just shitty news like that. And it just made feeling what happened in that scene that much more possible. And yeah, mm-hmm. anyways, yeah. it sucked. Yeah. Bosoms will, God, they get you every time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just make you so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Every single time they get every you. Time. Every time. Anything we missed from this chapter or any questions you have, Vance, for these guys? Or Well, I mean, so uh, this is more less of like chapter content and just more of like RJ's technique here. Um, like, what did you guys think of like the comedy kind of being front loaded, like on the on the beginning of the chapter? Like, you know, obviously he sets this kind of serious scene, but then we get to the end and it's kind of like humorous moment after humorous moment after humorous moment. Um, you know, could you tell that something like what happens here at the end was coming or did you just think this is just a typical rj like oh it's a comedy of like we're gonna go from seeing an ideal to seeing a lady and then we're gonna see two more ideal and then we're gonna see loyal oh it's so funny mm-hmm. by the way your family's dead bam oh gosh wow. mm-hmm. yeah right in the heart so did you expect that at all or was it like uh you know think, did it actually yeah, hit it- you in the gut like that the hesitancy that was created by Egwene's family, I think they're they're feed, feeding him information slowly, but not holding back. And they continuously, he needs to know, he needs to know, he should know, he has the right to know. When that type of conversation happens, I'm like, all right, we're gearing up for something big. I just don't know what it. I, I honestly thought it was like, oh, your family's been taken by the white cloaks. So throughout this entire thing, that was what I was expecting. Um, or maybe because, a family member. Like I'm thinking at worst case, a family, your sister, like one family member might die. Yeah. That was at most what I was thinking. Didn't see all that. And I, and I, yeah, like I didn't see, but that's because, see, Jordan hasn't really killed enough people violently for me, for me to go to that assumption, like, all right, he's going to kill somebody. In my mind, you know, Jordan's soft. Everybody's been captured. There's opportunity to, to get him back, to win him back. And, like, there's no winning back the dead. Well, we don't know that yet. Maybe we can time travel back and save him. Going to go back in my mind at the moment right now, you know, that doesn't happen. So Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say I didn't see it coming, but I, I probably should have. Uh, this is where Jordan is great. Like he sets you up for every shift, not just in mm-hmm. emotion, but going from like the stories moving slow. We're setting the scene. We're showing you where the players are and then bam action. And even though we've been doing this a while for multiple books and we know that he does that, uh, it'll still sneak up on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind right. of, so, so just, even with all this going on, we're kind of building up to more action and he's setting the scene in this part of the world of who all the players are. And hopefully it's not five chapters from now, hopefully within the next chapter or two, we get into the action, but I I feel we're getting pulled into that. So I'm trying not to get surprised, but he still surprises me. 
yeah. from time to time. Yeah, he's very good at that. I think he's very good at setting up, uh, you know, setting up his scenes and setting up his his arcs with with all of the pieces in place. And then uh, I think he's very good at the payoff as well. But it's always, I feel like he always threw, threw a curve. When I was reading this the first time, I always felt like he was throwing me curveballs um, in, in a lot of sense because, you know, he plays with these fantasy tropes we see throughout the genre. And sometimes he flips them around or even doesn't flip them around, but like changes certain key pieces. And they still play out in the same manner, but now it's different. Yep. And uh, I think he was very, very good at that. And uh, yeah, this was just one of the things I didn't expect this the first time I read this book. Yeah. And uh, I, I put it down for, for about a week um, after yeah. after I read this chapter. I just, I, I had to process. So mm-hmm. get you in the feels. I'll give, let me give Fayil some kudos here. Um, like we, I complained so much about the just immature back and forth between her and Perrin and she kept doing it kept doing it and even bust into the end and she's still doing it and laying into him and calling him names but when she recognizes the gravity of what's going on hears about the loss of his family she switches modes 100 percent. like there wasn't at that point when she found out she wasn't giving him shit one iota it was all right this is somebody that that needs to be given comfort and you know given an opportunity to grieve and so so there's a little bit of maturity on her part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, don't forget that both Perrin and Fayil are young, right? They're both immature. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure. All right. All right. Moving on to chapter 30, Beyond the Oak. And the symbol here is the Flame of Tarvalon, the other half of the Aes Sedai symbol. I don't get it. We're so far from Tarvalon and Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. Why would that be there? Why would that? Oh. So why so i wonder far. why that could ever be there yeah I'm so we, we start we're still with fayil holding parent as he's grieving um he's recalling all the memories of his family um hold his- on hold on gotta read the first line okay with fayil holding his head beneath her breasts okay yeah now you can go on okay <laughs> <laughs> recalling memories of his family um you know Fayul kind of urges him, but also he comes to the realization, well, since his family's dead, he doesn't really need to protect his family anymore because there's nothing to protect. And he kind of has this mental shift into what can I do then? Um, and um, starts to kind of process that. And I jumped the gun last chapter about the Ogier. Loyal wasn't, was he back in the kitchen? So this is when they bring his yeah, busting yeah. through the door and yeah. says, there's yeah. an Ogier in the kitchen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so we kind of have that break in, you know, the sadness in the beginning of this chapter back to more of a, a comedy, uh, kind of break the tension. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, so we got to go back to the last chapter a little bit. I can't believe we skipped over this. The part where, uh, so Perrin, uh, right of passage, he comes back, did a little time fighting, grew the beard, whatever. He's given not a little thimble of brandy, but a big old cup of it, right? Mm-hmm. So huge. And then when he's told about what happened to his family, it's not like he had this outwardly angry moment where he says, he goes, oh, and he looks at the cup and crushes it. Like he's, he's processing it in the middle of processing it. He looks over and realizes he flattened the fucking cup in his hand with one hand crushed the cup. 
And then it's like apologetically trying to peel it back apart, like, and it's not working. And he just sets this crumpled cup on the desk. Yeah. Uh, but so I thought of that here when you're talking about the O'Gear part, because one of the things they talk about is how uh, when parents eventually looking at it, he's like, yeah, I mean, I guess it sounds like they exaggerated about the, all the cups seeming small in his hand. It doesn't look that small. And then realized it's not a cup. It's a like giant soup bowl or something <laughs> that he's drinking his tea out of. And it still looks small in his hand. Right. So anyway, yeah. You know, that often happens. You have big hands, huge things sometimes still look small in them. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> is is that what is that what you tell her? You just tell her she's got big hands. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't my fault, baby. You got, you got them NBA hands. You know, <laughs> you can palm a basketball out there palming basketballs trying to judge me. <laughs> Uh, going back a little bit, um, Parent, you're right, Parent goes through his mental memories, and then Fayo kind of draws him back to reality, and then his mind kind of shifts to her beauty of the, the slanted eyes and the high cheekbones that just seem to know him so well. Uh, he's got a lightsaber. Anyway, um, and she asked, she's like, now that, she's like, I, I hate to ask it this way, but now that your your family is no longer alive, are you going to change your course of action? And it's just like, well, I can't be helpful to others dead. So I guess, you know, I've got things to do. And this is when the idea of going to the, the new Lord in town comes to play. And it's like, either he's going to be a helpful Lord or a boastful liar. And then we have the the breaking in of uh, the the mayor. It's like, yo, there's there's an an O'Gear in the kitchen, and my wife is so taken back that I gave her a double shot of brandy, and she probably would have taken another, but I just couldn't give it to her in good conscience because she's already tripping out hardcore. So she's already lit enough. <laughs> um, we and then we about... have the. Sorry to interrupt. Uh... Can we talk I'll talk about Lord Luke a little bit? Yeah. Like please talk about him all you want. Yeah. Um there's something more we're supposed to know about Lord Luke. Can't you tell? Well, that's what I'm trying to and I, I guess Chris, you're the only one I could really talk to about this. Like ha, did we miss a clue or a hint or are we just supposed to not know yet? I think we're not supposed to know yet. Like I I think so this is where I have my internal struggle, right? So we talked about Padden Fane being the Slayer. And then we said it earlier, Lord Lucas the Slayer. Now, this is my mind going, is this Jordan effing with this? Like, did he introduce this new Lord just to make us think that we figured out who the Slayer is already? And then maybe this new Lord Luke is just a guy that shows up out of nowhere and the Slayer is somebody completely different or maybe they run in the same crowd and they're not one in the same or like, yeah. And we don't have a really good physical description of him yet. Do we like to know that he's a towering no. giant man or something like that to really lead us into this whole Slayer thing. I was wondering, so they also talked about how he took the oath. He's searching for the horn and he's convinced that the horn is in, in the mountains of mist. 
somewhere? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So I still feel like we skipped over that whole Misty Mountain Hop thing too quickly. Like we came out of the way gate and then swoop, we came down to Edmonds Field and we didn't really Misty Mountain Hop that much. So there still has to be secrets there. There still has to be something there. And maybe his role is to just get us going back in that direction. Do, do we need to take a break? To miss me out and hop. Yeah, you can't you, reference it. What do you what do you think I saw? Well, it wasn't the horn because we already have it, but we're not gonna tell you that. But uh I still feel like there's maybe maybe some group of people that still live out there that have just been hidden for so long and maybe they help join the fight or something like that. So I don't know. As much as I say maybe he could be the slayer guy, I'm also hoping he's not. And he's a character that helps advance our story in that direction of the Misty Mountains because he's he's going to want to pull us out there. Maybe he knows something where he's going to have, all right, so why is it all the other horn people went to all the other places across the map to look for the horn, but he came here? Why was he so convinced it was here? Maybe he's got some parchment. Maybe he's got some story passed along in his family. Like he's got some bit of knowledge that we don't know about. And that's what yeah, I'm excited he, he knows about Menethrin, maybe. I yeah. agree with you. I, I'm hoping I it's good things agree. we get from him. Yeah. yeah. I still want to say he's a slayer, but I, I don't think he is. Like, I just, I have doubts. Yeah. Look, until the card is flipped over, everybody's slayer. Yeah. You know, exactly. the slayer card is face down right now. So yeah. everybody, until we look yeah, at the card. And we also get my, my favorite uh, quote. I haven't done this in a while. My favorite quote. Men are sensible creatures who so only need to be shown the wisest path once and they choose it quote end quote <laughs> who's she talking about <laughs> you have to, you have to, you have to know, after yeah you have to know when to rein them in short and when there's nothing to do but give them their head exactly like so that, that was interesting yeah that was that was yeah that was an interesting statement to which i was like you know what I could see that, you know. I, I have had mm -hmm. moments now where Chanel will, will give me all the room in the world to make statements and make assumptions. And she's come to the conclusion that like 80% of the time I'm right. But that 20% of the time, boy, whew, boy, do I know that 20% of the time that I'm wrong. Because it's like, I'm going to let you say your piece. And then she goes, well, what about this? And I'm like, damn, I didn't think about that. <laughs> and she's like, you know, if you had just looked at the, the Facebook and, and then the text messages, then maybe you would have known that uh, this the is commenting on <laughs> someone's profile are from 2006. I'll tell you what, the shit was funny. And I do it often. I'm telling you, man. The, I get it. I get it. I fucked up. <laughs> Why can't we just agree that this is one of these things that from each individual perspective, it's two totally different stories, right? Like, yeah, there was no ill intent. We just... men are sensible creatures. <laughs> we only need to be shown the wisest path once. Trust me, when she told me the story from her perspective, I was like, Jesus, that sounds horrible. What an asshole did that to you. <laughs> you did. Oh. <laughs> oh. So here are some flowers. So back back to the story. Um, so after all this, Perrin then starts to lay out a plan. He's like, "All right, we're gonna rescue them from the White Cloaks." You know, we got Tam and 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 Abel Coffin. They're hiding in the in the 
you know, in the woods somewhere. I have three Aiel. I have an Ogier. Me and Fail. Okay, we got the beginning of. A Hold fight. on. Who starts naming the troops? Not Perrin. Fail. Fail's the one. Okay, Fail doesn't know about Tam and Abel though. Well, I guess she asked. I think at this point yeah, she yeah, did. Point, Wasn't she? Did. Okay, yeah. am I? Okay, am yes. I wrong? Hold on, I almost need to find it because right. I feel like Fail's right. right. the one you're telling right. them. Now hold on, you got me. You got these Aiel here, and that's not it. it. You know, you said these guys are a great shot with a bow, and they're out there somewhere. Maybe we get them on our side. Maybe that's they it. have more people. Yeah. yeah. So, and Loyal's gonna sing to the trees for us, so mm-hmm. we're oh. good to go. That's right. now okay. So I was I was gonna bring us back to that because that was one of the more touching moments. Uh, we all know we love Loyal, right? If there's someone who doesn't. Uh, kick them off our Discord, and if there's a way to prevent them from listening to our podcast, so we need to do that. But Loyal's fantastic. Um, and when Perrin comes in there, the, the paragraph reads, uh, Loyal heaved a deep bass sigh of relief at the sight of Perrin and set his cup, a uh, bowl, of tea on the table. But next instant, his broad face sagged sadly. I am sorry to hear your loss, Perrin. I share your grief, Mr. Salvier. His ears twitched wildly, even without looking at her, and she gave another start. has been telling me you will go. Now there's nothing to keep you here. If you wish it, I will sing to the apple trees before we leave. Is that not the sweetest, like, effing thing? And maybe I just have emotional problems, but I read that, and I'm like, I had to pause for a moment and set the book down and be like, it's going to sing to the trees where your family's buried oh god i said it it in jest but it's probably like the highest honor that a no gear can offer yes and to offer it to a group of humans he's never met yeah like this is a responsibility he's currently running from because he's one of the best singers that his setting had to offer yes so I, i i did take that and for what it was which was you know highly honorable there was, I got, I got chills and feels at the same time with that. And I think Perrin, as much as he may not totally understand the whole O'Gear thing and singing the trees, I think Perrin understood it for what it was. Like that was a very, that was a bro moment. Like, I, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So after all those plans laid out, of course, Bran and Marin are like, nope, we don't think it's a good idea, but they convince him otherwise saying that, no, we got to do this. And Marin, I think Marin is the one who actually comes along and says, well, I can guide him out to the old sick house in the, in the Westwood. Um, and um, kind of shuts Bran up. He's like, if this is going to happen, this is how it's going to happen. So we're going to go hide him yeah. out, out in the woods. And um, they start to leave and they get spotted by a good old village Grumpy Idiot. man. Grumpy man. Grumpy man. Get off my lawn, Sambui. <laughs> Get away here. What you doing, boy? Oh, not Sambui. Uh, so crotchety and well, the first thing he does, he goes, trollic. And I love marriage response. Haven't you ever seen an O gear before? Do you think I'd be serving tea to a trollic? Yes. Hey, come on, it's no big deal. But at my end, clearly we get O gear. Like, calm down. Right. Well, I, I thought that whole exchange, like even leading up to it, my one of my my, my second favorite quotes, like here, there, the battle is the same. We'll stay. And, was, and, and her thoughts were like, if you all stay, you'll end up at the gallows. And he's like, you know, at the end of the day, I got to do what I got to do. 
And so she's like, well, yeah, we'll take you to the sick house where the Badger's den is. So we're going to coax the Badger later. Uh, but like you said, we get this interchange with the old man and parents like highly afraid that he's going to go saying something. And she's very manipulative, Miss uh, Alvira. And she's just like, this is for the women's circle. It's not for you men. It's for the women to take care of. I got this step back and if you don't i'll have a conversation with your wife about how you think that what you think is more important than what she thinks yeah and that right the there dagger. was the mm-hmm. yeah this is women's uh-huh. circle business you stay out of women's circle business the trouble is sim Bowie's old enough he might be like well me and my wife ain't had sex in eight years anyways <laughs> i'm gonna go tell and sleep on the couch i don't care you know what but that's the thing when you get to that age those back problems are no joke and when you get kicked off the cot to go sleep in the barn that's well, true you don't you're gonna get, get it yeah mm. yep so yeah she should that's when you get the you have to know when to rein them in yeah. um and she's like you know you, you kind of got to do it for the small things as well as the big things that way they don't get away with any of it it's like well i, I still get the sure. i get the feeling sin Bowie rats him out if, mm-hmm. if he doesn't do it directly like if he doesn't run to the white cloaks directly i feel like he's gonna tell somebody some other guy somebody else and then they tell so either directly or indirectly i think it comes from sin Bowie. he's not gonna be able to keep his mouth shut mm-hmm. yeah. that's, that's the that's the feels i get sure yeah um so they she somewhat convinces him at least not to run off right then and there uh at least give him time to to leave and um and they head out to um to the westwood out to this old sick house and parents smells people ahead before they even get there which i back to wolfie abilities Mm -hmm. um and suddenly Mm -hmm. there are two men in color changing coats suddenly waters are standing before me and see, well, that's the thing, too. Like, it, there was no scent, and then there was. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, they shimmered or something right then and there. Just, boom, we're here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, there are waters here. What? That means there's eyes to die. Hold on a second. Hold the phone. What, what, are, we doing? what? what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Back that old train up. Yep. Exactly. And, and Marin's known this entire time. Hasn't even told her husband mm-hmm. that the eyes to die is out there. Um yeah, uh, she says. She, well, there's this whole little tension because they pull their bows immediately and draw them. And Marin's like, "Do you think I'd bring people out here to attack you? Come on, like, like, calm oh. down, everyone, calm down." The Aiel's getting ready to fight too, and everyone's like, "All right, let's de-escalate the situation." <laughs> yeah. And she even um, speaks yeah. to the warders with a little bit of that women's circle eyes to die authority. Um, and I don't know if it was Perrin who was thinking it, but even it, it, you could tell she was. She was trying to flex on him a little bit, you know, to, to get past. She did a phenomenal job of it, too. And it, wor- mm-hmm. it worked. I mean, clearly, I don't think these warders took their eyes off of them as they continued their journey and let them go on. But uh, they did eventually let them go. Yep. And I think the best part is, so my favorite part here is as the warders kind of disappear into the brush, the eel are talking to each other like, well, that's kind of cool. And then it was like, no big deal. Anybody could disappear in this. But then even they're looking around like, where the fuck did they go? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is some pretty good shit these warders are doing here. That's good. A little bit of respect for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're told to wait while they go let the Aes Sedai know they have visitors. And that's how we end this chapter. So it's a pretty short chapter here. 
Yeah. Um, anything that we we missed on this? Yeah. Okay. Any Did questions? We, the names, we got the names of the warders in this chapter. Uh, Thomas and Yvonne. But they're older warders, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the names I don't remember, but are these the same warders, the older warders we ran into when Moraine was off researching? No. No, not the same? When mm-hmm. the Drakkar no. came? No, different order. Okay. They were, they were right. old water warders as well, but not the same order. Gotcha. Not the same. I, I didn't, I didn't, so I, I'm afraid to Google if I don't remember, because who knows what'll come up, yeah. but I remember give it me, was, give it was, me one, yeah. give me it was one older second. warders, so I was like, Google. wait a minute, are these the same warders from, and maybe Moraine is still pulling strings and like had her friend come yeah. down here or something. And only, only one is an older warder, the other one's not. Both okay. 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 Yeah. So in one of these guys though, you have heard mentioned previously in book yeah. two, uh-huh. he's been name dropped already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got nothing. Yeah. You got nothing. Yeah. See, if you'd remember that, one. you'd probably know. You'd know exactly. If you read the next chapter. One of them. <laughs> well, yeah. So, but I mean, at this point, you know, I I try not to yeah. go too far ahead. But sure. Right. Yeah. Um. Anything we missed? No. Any questions? Vance, you have these guys. Ah. Uh, no, no questions really, but like, uh, I guess just how was it to see Loyal's tree singing abilities, you know, again, or at least his offering of it, because we haven't seen it since the end of book one, really, or book two, when he did that staff. So, yeah. you know, that's something that, uh, especially after, like, he kind of, they kind of made this hubbub about it in the series is like, mm-hmm. oh, he only uses it like, you know, to it's make bad. a quarter staff. <laughs> that he ends up not well, using and discarding. Yeah. So right. I actually yeah. I spent some time thinking about it like, okay, so what actually happens when you sing to the trees? Mm-hmm. And incorporating it with everything I know about this world and channeling and the power and how everything's interconnected. And we've already talked about how like this isn't a magic where stuff just comes out of thin air. It's like a manipulation of what already exists in nature and everything. And so when he's when he like if he goes to sing to these trees and the singing maybe helps bring them nourishment and where do they get the nourishment they pull from the ground and what's in the ground is parents family so maybe in this process like he helps encourage that connection that this growth of apple trees like grow with the spirit of parents family or something I, you know i'm not trying to i don't do drugs or anything so i can't go too deep on no this, no but that's, that's like interesting yeah like what is actually happening during the singing process and we know it's not as simple as i'm gonna just go sing a song like right yeah yeah there's 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 growth that happens there and uh, yeah i don't know okay yeah that's interesting so you're saying there's like a like a uh oh what's that what's the law like thermodynamics energy can't be created or destroyed which law it's a law of conservation yeah, there it is. Yeah, law of conservation of mass. That's what it is. That's what mm-hmm. I'm thinking of. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. you're saying there's like a law of conservation of mass, but maybe for like in terms of how magic is actually utilized within I mean magic it's not like called that, but like in the terms of how these abilities and powers are utilized within this world. Sure. Interesting. Like, I like, like it. they they can push and pull and manipulate a little bit, but you can't mm-hmm. really break from rules and whatnot you know it's mm-hmm. 
or maybe yeah, years, just accelerate, yeah. accelerating the use of the power that is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and so I even talked about that before. We were trying to figure out how the healing actually works. Like, you did what are they actually doing? It's, it's it, like, are you accelerating the process? Uh, well, we've been theorized with the whole multiverse thing. Are we somehow reaching across the different multiverses to like pull some of that life force energy from that same being as they exist in all these different multiverses? And somehow that's how they combine mm-hmm. and heal. I mean, who knows? I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I always like when you guys get into like some of the metaphysics um, because you don't have all of the, you don't have all of the information yet. So I, I really enjoy it. like, yeah, <laughs> I really enjoy hearing how you think it happens and how it works. Uh, it's fun, right? Like I get to live the first time again vicariously through you. So what's nice. going on here? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I had all the same questions, you know, and yeah. uh, uh, I'm going to tell you this even even being on the other end of the series, you don't ever stop thinking about it. Ever. (laughs) It'd almost be kind of weird if, it'd be kind of weird if in the last couple of books, he literally closed the door on everything and was like, and this is why this is, and this is why this is, and this is why that is the end. Right. Because then you'd be like, well, now I can't dwell on this anymore. And rereading isn't exciting anymore because I know the absolute truth of everything. Mm -hmm. So it's probably good that, you know, he, he leaves some stuff open-ended. Stuff open. Yeah. And there's yeah, even, some, there's sure. even, there's sure. even some things. I think, what is it? Uh, Brandon Sanderson's going to reveal something um, on the 10 year anniversary of the memory light. Um, yep. So, oh, yep. Wow. Which is coming up soon. Next year. So there's still some uh, things. No, 2023. 2023. 2023 okay. is the 10. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's stuff that he still can't reveal. But he's allowed to reveal it after 2023. So, yeah. So, yeah. Good deal. Um, all right, and we're going to move on to Chapter 31, Assurances. But before we do that, uh, kind of a midsection giveaway. Um, a few episodes ago, Ian put a challenge out there for Somestia to email me if you could come up with, a, a, I guess, a good response on where the name comes from. Uh, it could be funny. It could be creative. It could be real. And uh, we did pick out one that we um, – actually, it was the only one. So I'm going to try to act like this. A ton of people emailed me. No, just one guy did, but it was a really good one. So I think he nailed it. He nailed it. So he wins. <laughs> um, so that is Hassan is his name. Um, and I will actually read his email because this was actually really awesome. Um, he said, I just listened to the episode about the dedicated and heard the challenge to find the meaning of the name Semestia. I think I found it um, through some rest, uh, through some research I've done. It seems like it's two separate words. Soma and Ishta. Um, according to the website, sanskritdictionary.com, Soma means a Sanskrit for plant, and Eshta is Hindi for superior, which actually comes from San- which actually is derived from Sanskrit as well. So, and um, if all correct, Somestha is a superior plant or plant superior, or as I like to call them, plant supreme. Plant supreme. Plant supreme. <laughs> so I think that's pretty much the most definitive answer I think I've ever. So semesta is actually two words. So plant, superior plant. And I think that's the Could best that answer. not be it. I, I think that's what Jordan pulled from because I can't think of any other reason why that, yeah, one, that fits perfectly. That <laughs> so Absolutely perfect. Perfectly. Yeah. So, so we're, we're telling you here you're the winner, but we'll reply. Uh, Alan, if you could reply to the email also, obviously, since you got the email. Yeah, yeah, I'll reply and to it. let him it. know, win, winner, winner. 
like yeah. um, pick something out from the the merch store. I highly recommend anything with the the floaties. <laughs> Um, graphic on it because that is like my favorite right now but it's all really cool and team pater's cool you can't go wrong with team pater mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah but yeah so let us know. woke you up yeah. that's great i feel like i learned something today mm-hmm. yeah ian doesn't look as strong without his beard yeah <gasps> he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my samson beard yeah yeah so like if i lose a it, when I'm clean shaven, if I lose a little bit more weight in the face, I'll get like a legit butt chin, and then it's okay. But right now, yeah. I'm a little round chin and clean shaven, and it just looks meh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. meh. Yeah. So let's move back to assurances. So our chapter symbol is the sunburst, which is for the white cloaks. Um, but we don't start with white cloaks. But is that better? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, much better. <laughs> so we start with Perrin again, um, and they're yeah. waiting for uh for the people to return yvonne returns and gives them permission to go to the sick house and immediately when they arrive Perrin recognizes one of the Sedai. it's varen our good brown sister friend and um is it alana um and alana we've met before very briefly um i think it was in the great hunt wasn't she one of the sisters at fardar fardar hey sister so sister yeah i believe so <laughs> I think she was one of the ones there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She was there. Yeah. She was there. So we've met both of these. Varen, of course, Perrin. Perrin walks in and on a. Yeah. When Perrin walks in on an old sketchy record player, you hear, it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Anybody know the title of that one? Sweet Georgia Brown. Yeah. That's my song for Baron. And I love I love parents' reaction too because a lot of immediately starts asking about Matt and Rand and parents like, "Why are you here?" And I love and, it. And Marin's like, "Don't they're I should die. Don't tell them that way." No, no, no. Hey, Why are them. you here? <laughs> Answer the question. question. <laughs> I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> I don't like the fact that you're here right now. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> uh, okay, so this. Ties in what I was talking about earlier with Perrin's growth and even what Chris was talking about, like the confidence that he has. And it's his reactions now, it's it's a balance of that. The confidence he has in himself, you know, he's a lot less timid because he's experienced shit, right? Um, and he's learned to trust some of his instincts. At the same time, he's learned reasons not to trust other people. Uh, and physically, he's confident in his ability. So he just has no shits to give like early on it'd be like oh my gosh and i said die what do i do do i kneel do i kiss her ring oh my goodness now it's like what do you what do you what do you know what are you doing here what are you doing here Answer the question. what are you doing yeah, i know that's almost that word was barely left out are you are you thinking of the keenan and peel <laughs> and i was like that looks right <laughs> you didn't yes i did <laughs> then what'd you say <laughs> and marion tries Over to check, check parent parent like doesn't have it at all he's like no and varian steps in she's like we're old friends it's yeah, okay we go way back we go way back um and parents still like you can call it that but why are you here <laughs> And they explained, they said, well, you know, with how powerful Gwen and Nadine were the power, we figured there might be more 
pure blood here and they go into the whole entire um you know about how they yes, she found I, I i like like the logical well we found mm -hmm. two for sure maybe a third though mm -hmm. she died mm -hmm. you got three to there's a lot going on in this little area that we really need to be paying attention to and Varen's a brown so she like researches everything and that's right fascinating. she's nerdy about and, it sorry Sorry, it's just like, as a matter of fact, we've like found four other people already that we're, we're willing to potentially take on. So we're going to harvest you guys. <laughs> so when they talk about the two, Egwene and Nynaeve, and then there was even a third that we know about that, that died. That, so do we have any other reference as to who that is? Was it recent? And I guess recent is subjective. Like, so for a split second, my mind was thinking, what if one of, what if that was somehow Rand's mom or Tam's wife? Or what if there's some other weird connection to Rand that it was had a channeling mother? Yeah, they mentioned Wasn't it a 12 girl. year old. Yeah. That died? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was thinking it could have been thought, Karen's sister. Ooh, or maybe that. Yeah. So I guess that's where my mind was running. I was like, who's this one that died? Was there some other family connection? I don't know. Uh, but ultimately, so like I was thinking even if this wasn't always a thing down here, which maybe maybe it was, you know, because the old blood, whatever, but you still have your Taviran. And Taviran, with them growing up there, it's going to pull out other abilities and uh, other people around them, you know? Okay. So it could just be the whole Taviran thing. Hmm. I mean, yeah. but we do realize that they're Manethrin blood, and Manethrin had, like, the queen channeler, so... Yeah, the queen bee. And king channeler, so... Like her, her grief destroyed. Like, well, her grief destruction is only second to lose Theron himself. Mm -hmm. so. Right. I mean, what other story have we heard of somebody being like, "Oh my gosh, my boo got shot"? Yeah. Total destruction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Her story is pretty, pretty fantastic. Yeah. And these are her people. <laughs> and these are her people. Yeah. So, and, and the bloodline's strong too. And they talk about that, how there's a theory that the, that the magic has been kind of dwindled away because they've called, you know, calling is a, is a, is a, is a livestock or farming type of war where you call a, a population of livestock to, to weed out genetic deficiencies. But, um, but, but because they've been stealing men and not breeding the men, there's a theory that that's the reason why the powers become less and less as powerful is because, well, they're not breeding power, so therefore, if it's if it is genetically linked, yeah, that's why they're keeping low gain around at the tower. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> every, uh -huh. every every night one of them greens goes into low gain's chamber and they bring a <laughs> they bring a singing oak gear with them yeah. and that gear goes <laughs> that, that quarter staff be popping up and they're like bam. <laughs> what, what, do they, what, do they, what do they call it when you have like a horse that's like a stallion that's meant just for it? There's a term. There's a term for it. Um, that's not stud. What is it? It's not stud. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Is it stud? It might be stud. I thought it was stud. It is it might stud. Be stud. It's it's stud. stud. Yeah, a stud. Yeah. A stud. Yeah. You're talking about a horse specifically for breeding or a retired racehorse. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. a stud. Yeah. The term is to like stud them out when they retire. Yeah. yeah. So Logan's just a stud. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> that's what it is. There you go. That's um, the dream. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, so yeah. And then Perrin's next question he asked him was like, well, why are you hiding here and not doing something about the White Cloaks? And uh, Alana immediately goes, well, we had three oaths. Um, you know, we what if we could, but 
you know, they actually followed the light for the most part. And, you know, my warder actually was one of my warders was killed and I felt every arrow strike him on the, like, was the second day they were there or third day or something like that. Yeah. And, um, he said, you know, I could have actually attacked then, but I wasn't close enough to do anything about it. Um, and at this point, it's too far to the fact I can only, I can't, I can't use revenge as a motive. It's only, I can yeah. only protect. Yeah. So I can't vindicate him. That was, yeah. that's the interesting thought. So in the moment she can attack because it's instinctive attacking. Well, it's defense. It's defense. Well, the, 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 the three oaths say you are not allowed to use one power against anyone that's not uh, the shadow or a dark friend unless it's in defense of yourself or your warder. But not yeah. revenge or avenging. It's, it's only if it's in defense. So if they're already dead. So, it's a question of timing, though. If you know that the yeah, white cloaks I would have to kill you them. or – well, yeah, there you go. That's they could put option, themselves but... in danger in harm's way. danger. And then use one power, but that's – You know what the best a, part that's... of all this is? The best part is Perrin listening to it, and his head he goes, God, that's a really good story, and it makes sense. But I'm going to call bullshit. <laughs> I'm still not going to trust him. And I remember Wayne said, I don't like this lady, so you know what? I'm sticking with that. <laughs> I'm going to just go with I don't like her. <laughs> yeah. In, in your bullshit stories. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go talk with the men folk outside. Tam, come on. Let's go talk. Yeah. And then, um, you know, they also heal Perrin at this point. Yeah. I was- I say before that, though, they heal him. And I don't know that they really gave him a choice. No. No consent. And we know that no healing consent. is linking. So, like, Ooh. that was maybe mm-hmm. a little bit on purpose. Maybe. Varen's been trying to get her hands on one of these Tavirin, and now she's kind of tied herself to one. And yeah. doesn't so the didn't she also the, kill the, Matt green, too? the green Aja puts her hands on him also, right? And she gets all giggity like, oh, Tavirin, oh, mm-hmm. one of the heroes. Blah, 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 blah. So she isn't just trying to help heal whatever, like she pulls some she, knowledge, some feeling, some info from him as well. She even talks about bonding him, like, and she's like, "Well, no, yeah. no sister's done that where they do it without permission." But you know, I'm I haven't gone that far yet. Tempted, <laughs> but I might bond you, baby. Yeah, I might bond Excited you. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, up. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, and then uh, you know, they I guess they start talking about like how they got there, and Loyal just spills the beans without even thinking about. It. He's like, he's like, "Yeah, we came through the way gate, but I locked it." <laughs> Everything's okay, guys. I locked the way. Yeah, I locked it. I locked it. We came through the ways. <laughs> All fine. And then they're like, "Oh, so that makes sense. That's how the trollocs get in here because they were trying to figure out where the trollocs were coming from." And like, it must have been through the ways. Chris and I figured that out a long time ago. Oh yeah, but, but the I said I had figured out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor I said that. Yeah. And so, All what do you think about so nothing? Before we move on, what do you think about this whole interaction with Varen? What do you think about Varen being there? I mean, do we still like Varen? The, the, the clumsy, or not clumsy, but the aloof brown Aja Aes Sedai and whose heads inside the books all the time? I'd, I'd want to, I feel the need to go back and look at original descriptions of her because I feel like they mentioned something about her eyes being black at some point here. And maybe it was because of the lighting or whatever, but they mentioned black eyes here. And so Who's now Varen's? I want to see, yeah, Varen's. Hmm. Um, So I'm curious if that description was the same before. Maybe I don't remember him being black, but like, could she have been brought into the Black Aja? Is that why she's here? Is she Slayer? I don't know. <laughs> <Varen> Slayer. <laughs> she Slayer. Yeah. Uh, now there's a theory right there. 
And that's why, like, there's all these corpses around because this weird Slayer thing is just doing a bunch of autopsies, being like, "Look at there, there's, let's see what kind of organs this animal has." Oh my gosh, it's bleeding. Yeah, interesting. Okay, and yeah, that. No, I yeah. like it. That can, that yeah. can work. Varen, inquisitive, mm-hmm. book reading, very soft spoken and calm. Varen, the Slayer, rocking yes. a Slayer T-shirt. Brain <laughs> <laughs> right and blood, right? Every time she skins an animal. Her being there doesn't, it didn't, what's the word, didn't surprise me. Like, it was kind of like, okay, I I expected this at some point because she's looking to further her knowledge because she's a scientist. And then she's also looking for, like, her own set. She's a collector. So she's Mm -hmm. like, all right, can can I manage to get a Tavirin out of this? It's like, Moraine got, got three. And she managed to get two channelers. Can I, can I get a collector's item? Like, mm-hmm. and the other side of that, like I, your, your statement about her having black eyes, I didn't catch that, but, you know, thinking about what is talked about later on in this chapter towards the very end, like maybe another force is acting on her. Okay. You never know. I actually, if we go back to the last time we were hanging out with Baron, I was still thinking she would end up um, with the eel in the waist. Mm-hmm. Because she was so fascinated by the IEL when they met going, on the road. Yeah, on the right. Great and the conversation about the the females, how they go to, whatchamacallit, to... To uh, Rudian. Rudian, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I was like, well, clearly she's going to go there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then she didn't, so... Yeah. Huh. yeah. So, yeah, so as they're healing everyone's wounds and everything like that, um, all of a sudden, guess who shows up? He time travels right on in. You just see, like, you just see reality, like, fold and warp, and you can mm-hmm. see the particle effect, and Pam just appears. Right. <laughs> now it's a, a DeLorean whooshes by at how fast? Even is better. It? I thought it was a TARDIS. Yeah, I thought hour. it was a TARDIS that TARDIS. comes down. <laughs> it's bigger on the inside. <laughs> Opens up. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so Tam and Abel come in, some rabbits they just killed. Um yeah, they start asking about how Rand and Matt are doing and Perrin try to catch them. You know, well, they're in tier. And, you know, Perrin makes the thing about, you know, Matt with all the girls like, well, that's my boy. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Abel Coffin, the, the yeah. used car salesman of Two Rivers. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. Because he's the best horse. He's the best horse trader in the village. So. Matt's having a good time with the dice and the ladies. He's like, ha ha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many grandchildren do I got? Yeah. When he when he actually mentions that they're in tear, he catches Varen also giving the, a nudge and a wink moment. A nudge yeah. and a wink from her, like that she like, okay, I know what that means. <laughs> I, I, guys, I got quiet for a second because I had to go back and find it. It didn't say she had black eyes. It referenced her dark eyes so maybe uh, my own my own imagination ran with it a little bit and i was like what does she got black eyes for she the she black aja now anyways but maybe 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 not i don't know probably she's brown, she's brown aja i made that one brown eyes you made that up right yeah brown eyes I mean, brown eyes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's all, all, all that's how historians roll yeah <laughs> and um i, I yeah. like how the they were reading the room though i mean Perrin for what it's worth, did start paying attention to his, his surroundings and the people involved. And he's like, all right, 
I need to make sure that the things that I say are not going to be used against me later. And he skillfully kind of nudges Matt's dad and, and Tam away from the conversation at the moment. And he's like, all right, well, well let's take this outside and, and carry on with this conversation. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So question for you, when you guys read this and heard that Tam came back, how excited were you that, that we're actually, I mean, it's been a whole entire four books since Tam's been, I mean, we've heard of Tam, but we haven't seen him since I the world. Because we haven't seen him in so long. And because I have so much respect for Tam, I had this whole backstory of my head of what was going on. And at this point, I hate to say it, I was a little disappointed okay. because I thought I was hoping Tam being the former, you know, once a warrior, always a warrior, like he had formed some underground resistance and maybe that's where we were going to run into some group from, you know, the Misty Mountains or whatever. Uh, but he's just kind of hanging out with Matt's, Matt's dad, duh, however he Aww. says it, duh. Um, and just kind of skipping around trying not to get caught. So I shouldn't judge him too harshly. It's great that he's surviving despite everybody looking for him. But in my mind, I wanted cooler shit to be going down in the background. And he's getting ready to resistance against the white cloaks. Yeah. Like, hey, Perrin, welcome to the resistance. Check it out. We're about yeah. to do a raid. You want to come with us? Let's go fuck some people up. Yeah. But instead, Perrin pulls Tam and Abel aside. I'm like, hey, we're about to do a raid. You want to go fuck some things up? <laughs> exactly. I love it. Here's my thing. So I, I have to put it out there this way. I started questioning Tam a little bit back when Ran entered. What's the name of the city? Iridium? Or Tarot? Yeah. Arcane no, Okay. Hold on. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't specific enough. Yeah, you, you got to help me out here. Which of the 12 when he, be, when he enters the city to become the clan chieftain that he will be. Viridian. Viridian. When he, because the statement was made, his father was Ayo. Tam ain't his real dad. Come on, yeah. man. Tam's not his real dad. I mean, yeah. yeah. He even told that story in the first yeah, book. Yeah, he found, found him on the, on the slopes. Yeah. Yeah. Found him. So well, that don't mean it's not his know, real dad. He's not his biological right. father. He's just yeah. not a biological yeah. father. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but, but my thoughts started my thoughts started shifting on Tam. Like, what else have we assumed this whole time about Tam that's not true? Like, yeah, Tam, Tam's good with the bow, but so are a lot of the men in the two rivers. Um, maybe Tam was like out there fighting in the wars but he wasn't really leading in the wars and he found this baby and yeah we we know we know he was fighting the ior war that's what he was there when fighting was happening that's what we know but we assume he was there fighting but maybe he was just there when the fighting was happening like he also did have a hair mark blade it doesn't mean it was could have stole it could stole it exactly so remember Rand killed somebody with a hair and mark blade and or, didn't take or, it, left it there. So somebody else or like that hair and mark blade could have belonged to Rand's real father or mother. Like we've now, made all these assumptions. The the blade couldn't have belonged to his real father because the Aiel don't use swords. Ooh. They only use spears. Uh, that's just true. But... And I've just been told in, in chat, Moraine did tell us in the drag and in, in the great hunt that he was an Iliana companion. He actually fought for the early honors. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he was there. Uh, no, he was, uh, he was, he, he he was in the army. for the United States Army, but he, trust me, I know a lot of people that were there <laughs> that got combat patches and everything. I know people that were there and didn't do shit. But <laughs> so. we we learn, but we learn all of Tan's story in the Great Hunt, and we find out that he rose to the second highest rank in the companions. I know a lot. I know some high-ranking motherfuckers that didn't do shit. <laughs> didn't do <laughs> shit. <laughs> I need, y'all, if y'all we have any school. military out there, I'm telling you, you know it too. Yeah, You're thinking about, but God damn it, there's some good hey, idea fairy. This is this isn't just, this is not this is not the the modern military where you go to college know, and get a degree and become an officer. This is the old military where oh, if I've you're being him good, stuff. you get promoted. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, right. You got to do I'm stuff. throwing mad shade on Tam for no reason because for the same reason that Ian said, I was disappointed. Like, the man's been out hunting rabbit when he should have been out hunting Trollic. Like, that... I'm I, sure he's probably plugged one or two. It just... I, I was thinking there'd be more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I also, um, I have to, so for our listeners out there, Vance, um, you all can't see him. I can see him. When Chris started shit-talking Tam, Vance's demeanor changed. I know y'all, I know y'all heard him getting defensive, but he, so, he sat forward in the seat. He leaned forward a little bit. He was like, oh, yeah, you, listen here. you listen here, Christopher. Uh, yeah, I'm, you I'm, come I'm here. I'm tell you. I'm tell you, the Wheel of Time fandom stands Tam all Thor. Like, there's we nobody like who can say a bad word about Tam. What if Loyal said a bad word about Tam? What would happen to the fandom? Then then people could, could be huffy at Loyal, but never angry no, at Loyal. Never. <laughs> They'd be huffy, but they wouldn't be angry. And then they would forgive him by the time dinner rolled around. Right. Yeah. Assuming that he had this reason that we just don't know about. Well, yes. never trash he's loyal. Yeah, that's the truth right there. <laughs> Alan's right. It would never happen. So, yeah. so, so apparently, that was planned with uh, with Tam and Abel, and that's how we end this scene. So, uh, they talk about rescuing the prisoners from the White Cloaks and what to do if they are successful. Yeah, there's. I mean, it seems like a near possible task. There's seven to eight hundred men, a hundred men surrounding them, the the captive at all time. I mean, I misread that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and then, then on top of that, you've you've got your your boy Pat and Fane amongst the people. So it's mm-hmm. like, all right, maybe maybe this just isn't gonna happen. Yeah, uh, I think they could pull it off. You remember, Perrin has the Tavirin factor. Yeah, and and a he fantastic cast of characters with him. So you not only have these Aiel, but let's say the warders that are there help out. Um, and these aren't I, th- I think it's important that at least one of them is a little bit older so it's a warder with some fucking experience like I, i'd put them on par with you know one for one with with one of these aiel so yeah you know this mm-hmm. surprise attack that that helps you quite a bit the sneaky factor that helps uh-huh. they even talk about the warder when he like storms in and on these wooden floors like you still couldn't hear him like come on yes there what Jordan doesn't point this shit out for no reason. If he's, if he's bringing up sneaky stealthiness, then we're about to use some sneaky stealthiness to get shit done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we switch characters. So anything from this before we switch to our, our buddy, Dane? Uh-uh. All right. 
I got one little thing. Okay. I was trying to find it and I don't have it exactly, but when Perrin was talking, just men talking, he was talking about the plan of, well, we're going to go do the rescue and then we're going to fuck up some Trollocs. Mm -hmm. There was, gosh, I wish I had the paragraph in front of me. I don't know if it was exactly in the wording, but I got this feeling that Tam, when he kind of chimed back, there was hesitation about part two of the plan. And he was like, well, let's, let's do the rescue thing first and then we'll go from there. Like, was he just being Yeah, you're right. He said, well, we'll worry about the Trollocs afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but and maybe I read it in a different tone. Was he saying it like, let's just do one thing at a time, Perrin? I think so. And don't overthink yeah. it? Or is there something yeah. about the Trolloc part that he was hesitant about, but he just didn't want to bring it up yet? Because... Uh, I think it was the don't overthink it thing. Yeah, I think it was, think just, it was, it was on one thing at a time. Okay. Yeah. And that's a, that's a TAM, that's a TAM type perspective, yeah. you know? Even right. you go you go back to that first scene on the road with Rand thinking he saw something, whatever, and Tam is just a very much a by the numbers and be like, Okay, well if you think you saw something, then this is what we'll do. And yeah. we'll look and we'll check and we'll tap, yep. it up, it up, and yeah. Well, I mean, Tam is just like step one first he's, and he's often described, you know, he's often described as like solid, like like one of the most solid yeah. uh people in the books and i think this is just like some of that like character personality reinforcement on jordan's part like think about the most like grounded solid people you know in your life they're they're the people who wake up they do the same thing in the exact same way every morning sure. they do it the exact like everything is this way and they do it one thing at a time but they do everything they do correctly they never really mess up because they are very methodical like that and it's it's part of it's like going back to like that warrior's way that you were mentioning earlier. Like there's a very zen thing about doing things that way, yeah. uh, where you kind of release thought and you know it's all muscle memory at that point. And that way, when you do need to think, you're always ready and able to jump in. And, and that's kind of also mirroring like the flame of the void meditation that we see them doing um, throughout the series. Yeah. So. Well, so maybe yeah. in, in that sense, maybe it's a, a mentorship moment of him kind of helping Perrin out with his thought process. Be like, right, no yeah. sense in planning both of these events at the same time. So let's table right. step two. And okay, yep. so I can see that too. That's what I just initially, when, when I read it, I'm like, you know, when you read, I don't know if you remember reading any of this the first time, but like I second guess everything. And I'm like, what is this supposed to mean? What mm -hmm. is this supposed to mean? And so, you know, maybe it means nothing, but. I thought maybe well, to be fair, this. when I read it the first time, I didn't have to read three chapters and then wait like a week and right. reread them and reread them. Like I just went on to the next chapter. So you, you I did go not find think out about it quick. as much as you did. Yeah. Rafa, I did not have to Rafa think was not as hard. painful. Huh? Rafa was literally turned the page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's get into Dane Bornhold. All right. So Dane is returning from uh, returning to Watch Hill. Um, he had just been ambushed by Trollocs again on patrol he lost 11 men and he's beginning to wonder why every single time he leads a patrol out only when he's there is are they attacked by trollocs and no one else seems to be being attacked by trollocs it's only him and he's starting to kind of wonder about this and he's like this seems kind of odd and yeah once okay twice maybe a coincidence three four times there's a pattern all right alan ask the question because we have the answer okay what do you think is happening more death <laughs> or, or death or what's he or calling deep. himself or death yeah or deep. clearly clearly yeah um As he a also matter of fact when i was listening to it i heard more death first and then i heard or deep and i'm like 
the fuck? <laughs> so, so you're telling me the name rhymes with more death, but more death? Wait, more death? What? Who could this be? Somehow it's connected. No idea. It's connected somehow. We'll put these clues together eventually. According to the mayor, he doesn't answer to Pad and Fane anymore, but it's clearly him. The uh, peddler formerly known as Paddy. Right. <laughs> it's great that it begins with a P. Let's, mm-hmm. it, he's just the symbol now. The artist formerly uh, known as... Yeah. So also Dane notices that the tinkers are preparing to leave and he makes sure they stay, saying like, oh yeah, you can check down the river, knowing for sure that there's no other way to cross besides Tarn Ferry. Um, actually sends a guy over and is like, just talk to him. Don't, don't kill any of them. Just... <laughs> apparently like these white cloaks are just like oh i get to talk to someone oh i get to kill someone and like they're really you know itching i I picture them as uh and maybe it's not this much but i I have the feeling that like white cloaks don't see nearly as much action as the real army because they're not really at war so like it's these and and this is maybe i've never been trained for it they're well trained they're well trained got skills they want to use them and and i feel like it's that that new private that has just joined the army and is just itching to use everything he's learned in basic and um it's just gun ho about going out let me go kill some bad guys let me go let me go kill and like just calm down a bit calm down we're here to do peacekeeping not just they've got, go they've kill got all the fanciest gear off of ranger joes they just yeah. ordered all their gear it's, they <laughs> yeah. look they look like they're delta force right. right how many deployments you got be like just got out of basic bro <laughs> yeah we need to go over to those guys over there and get some intel so we gotta kill them right no no just just talk to them like <laughs> in fact Leave your sword with me. Just easy, buddy. Easy, easy. Um, I'm I'm taking the mace then. No, 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 just... (laughs) You know what? Just don't talk to them. We'll we'll do it. Um, I'll I'll do it myself. Just just stay here. Um, But yeah, so what what do you think about the Tinkers being there and them not letting... They're not letting anybody leave, but, you know, what do you think about all this? So the Tinkers, they... They're looking for their song. They're pretty chill. They get up every morning. They stick their face in the wind. They look around. They they feel for a, where the shadow is, where the light is. They feel for the they they got this vibe sensor, and they're like Psh, that way. So like they've been led to where they're at. Mm-hmm. And this is where my brain was like, this doesn't make sense because we have this Slayer thing in the background, and you would think people like the Tinkers that are kind of feeling their way vibing their way around would not be led anywhere near that direction but that's where they ended up so that seemed odd to me um but also it seems like a cool collision of events happening we have our lord luke and and part of me just so wants to get into the misty mountains we have our lord luke we have our tinkers that are getting kind of semi-forced by the white cloaks a certain direction but it's also up to this point like i said they've led themselves here right from what we know, how they move around. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's going to be a small collision of goodness that happens at the same time. Mm. Okay. If our tinkers get slaughtered, like that's going to be horrible. And if the white cloaks do it, do they not officially transition a dark friend mode at that point? Like, yeah, because they're peaceful people. Right. You know, how do you justify whacking the tinkers? That's, yeah. So, that's another thing as well. As they start talking about the prisoners, uh, that's the very next scene. Um, so anything like, from the tinkers? Okay. If right now there's a world war and one of the big powers like bragged uh, after day three, be like, ha ha, we got Canada. Everybody else would go, bro, you did what? 
Why would you? <laughs> but they're so nice. Why would you do that? It just is no. Story. Stop. Stop story. the war. Stop the war. Over. Stop the war. Fuck you. Why'd you do that? Huh. Can't. No. Not Canada. That's what I think with the tinkers. Like it doesn't even cross my mind. They're like, but you gotta watch out for them tinkers. We need to get them before they get us. Mm. <laughs> you know that. Huh. Anyways, no. Yeah. White cloaks. Yeah. Can't live with them. Can't live with them. Um, no. I, I was I was done. I finished <laughs> yeah, the statement. It's, it's a, um, Remarks complete. <laughs> yeah. You're saying something, Chris? No, he did a really good job of covering the tinkers. I, I, you know, my whole thought was they're still searching for their song, and they're headed towards maybe the Misty Mountains. Maybe there's again. I, I still have that whole idea that there's something hidden that we don't know about. So and there maybe a people there that know something that we don't know. I mean, we just found out that the Tinkers are old school I said I like who knows what mysteries still need to be uncovered in this world. So that's literally what I wrote in my, my little note catcher okay. here was huh, that was that was it. Yeah. And then the next thing is they're talking about the prisoners, and I guess um there's this other white cloak who's itching to go and torture Put him to the question, and he's like, "I'd never really liked their tactics. I don't think they do know the prisoners, but Bornholt's considering it. He's like, we got to catch them. Maybe we should tor- start torturing one of the Luhans, and you know, if if if, if, uh, if Haran Luhan doesn't talk, maybe his wife will seen or vice versa. Um, and maybe we should actually start torturing them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's always there's always that guy in the group. Yeah. Yep. Um, he's he's has grabby. Yeah, um, and then he observes Ordeeth's camp because he's and it's like filthy and disgusting and disarray and just yeah. And um, Bornhold does comment that he actually had sent two men um, to, to keep an eye on Ordeeth, and they both supposedly were killed by Trollocs or something. But uh, and it's every time, every time, every yeah. time Ordeeth goes out on patrol, he comes back. He goes, "Those bros you sent with me, Trollocs fucked him up. <laughs> yeah. I try to help him." Yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah. So Bornholt's definitely suspicious of him. I'm I mean, still skeptical. Yeah. But um, Ordeeth, and is it Ordeeth that keeps luring him in with this prospect? Well, with the whole parent story. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, like, he keeps on saying, like, I'll hand you parent if you do this. And I'll right. And essentially, yeah. that's the bribe in the end. But it's just, it's ridiculous how much he's able to convince him to sacrifice his own principles and morals just to get parent. Right. Like, right. And, and that's, know. and Bornholtz really has a problem with it too. I mean, he's like, you know, what you did to the, and this is where you find it. It wasn't Trollocs that killed the Albar family. It was white cloaks under the, under the control or the, the guidance of, right. of Pat influence, influence yeah, of Ordeef. But everybody, all the white cloaks, everybody had to cover it up and make it look like Trollocs. Right. Because you couldn't afford I and, mean, if the people knew that that happened, there'd be an uprising on top mm-hmm. of everything else. Yeah. And, and, and Bornholm even said, like, killing kids, it's not something that we do as children. Like, I don't care what you say. Like, that, that's, that's not right. That's not what we do. Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, I don't care where Ordeet's orders came from. I don't understand why, after that, the rest of the White Cloaks didn't stand up against him. I mean, because this is something that is so very obviously against anything you could possibly say is good or in the light or anything like that. Right. Right. What do you think, Chris? I agree. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at this point, I'm just sitting there listening, like, you know, uh-huh. I'm about to go to sleep. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you might have nodded off just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just, just a little bit there. Uh, we were talking, we were talking about. We're talking about how Pat and Fane ordered the White Cloaks to kill his family, uh, the parents' family. Yeah. Um, my thoughts on that were very little in the sense that that doesn't surprise me with his whole, you know, kill them and bring the three. Mm-hmm. He has been obsessing over them since, I mean, forever. I mean, he started out as a dark friend snitching on these three, looking for hound. them to snitching. Yeah. And now he has got them in his, had them in his grasp. And now, you know, he doesn't anymore. So what's the best way of bringing things other than bait? And he's baiting them and the quickest way. Now, this is where I don't agree with him. Killing them would be too easy. I would have to torture and make sure that got out. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't kill them at all. I would make sure that, you know, Rand and Matt and Perrin knew that their families were being slowly tortured because that's what would bring me if you kill them then it's like at some point i'm gonna get my revenge but now you take like i mean even parent like he was ready to get marched to his death and now he's backtracked all right now i'm just gonna try to free some people to get the fuck out like yeah. he would not have backtracked like that he would not have just readjusted if the story was your your sister for two weeks straight was, you know, tied to this pole and they barely kept her alive and they just kept whipping her and beating her and whatever. And just all sorts of worse things that I'm not even going to say. If that was the case, Perrin mm-hmm. would have done did lost a shit. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Perrin would have lost a shit. And, and Dane brought that up too. They had to cover it up because there literally would have been a, a rebellion on their hands. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and and he questions Ordeeth a little bit, and Ordeeth kind of brings up the Gray Men. Says, "Well, I saved you guys from the Gray Men. Remember that? Remember that? Yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I'm the good guy." <laughs> but then he also admitted the Gray Men were after him because yeah. you know the Shadow wants to stop him. Yeah, I don't think Jordan does. For me, Jordan doesn't do a good enough job giving the White Cloaks the excuses they need to continue to pretend to be like they're. Anybody that knows what Ordeeth has done, even with the gray men, even with whatever, like there's no, there's no moral high ground. There's nothing you can stand on at this point anymore and even pretend to be for the light. Mm-hmm. I just, you'd be surprised. Uh, you're, you're being no. a good soldier. You're being no. a good soldier. <laughs> Look, let me tell you. Well, no, I won't tell you. We'll have a sidebar conversation about that. Yeah. But I promise you, while there are people that will do shitty things here and there in the military, there are more people that don't give a fuck about rank. And when you cross that line, you will get checked. Yeah. Well, we do know this is at, more about at least every unit that. I've ever been in. There, there are there are a few of us, and I would say there, I included that. Right. Orders only go so far. But there are yeah. countless things in history where orders were taken out. And I mean, where where entire platoons followed orders that were wrong. I mean, it's- sure. It, but but when you're like naive and you don't mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. it's bad intel or you don't see the whole picture, but we're looking at a guy that's talking to Ordeeth that knows what the fuck he did. Yeah. And, there's, the and, there's, uh, and there's others that know it and they're making excuses for it. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah. no. 
So, yeah, anything from all this before we switch to Pat and Fane's little final point of view? Anything we missed? Okay. Going on Pat and Fane. Um, Pen, yeah. Pen's, Pain's a little punk. Yeah. So Fane's then walking through the camp. Everybody's kind of giving little nods and stuff like that because I guess people like Pat and Fane. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, and he's kind of uh, thinking about what he might do to the prisoners um, and, and, and kind of the conversation he just had with Bornhall. Um, and, and, and he goes into this one, I guess, I guess it's a prison cell and it's, I guess it's a tent and there's a it's murder. His own tent, isn't it? It might be. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I guess it is his own tent. Yeah. It is his own tent. Yeah. So yeah. he goes into his own tent and there's a merge all chained to the ground and, you know, the merge all tries to play. I remember that. I'll, I'll do whatever you say. Just let me go. And he's like, not yet. I need you to, you know, really be. Hundred percent underneath me, and I have full control over you. And then, and, yeah, yeah, and has this whole thought, like, but, yeah. So there's a you know, there's a there's a point there's a point here where earlier on, Mergel were kind of taking orders from him. Um, like, he, nailed, he nailed one to a door. Right, I was <laughs> say Mergel took stakes to the to the non-existent face. eyeball. Yeah. The Trollocs yeah. were taking orders. Yeah, once he killed the Fae, the Trollocs mm-hmm. started following him. I don't think Fades followed him at all. Uh, kill the Fae. Well, yeah, um, I guess that's true. So I, yeah. it's just... Well, and I mean, he used to have more dark friend authority, right? But like, he's yeah, that's what I'm totally saying. not. He's not following orders. He's not from a dark friend anymore. anymore. It's like, what is he? he? He's a dark friend vigilante. He's in his own world. Well, remember, he's that yeah. chaotic evil. He's on his own plane of trying well, to fuck. I shit mean, out. well, so like more death. Um, so the um, Mashandar, which is that that black smoke thing that was in Shadow Logoth that killed discriminately. Yeah, it, some it, of the comments he was making. Yeah, some of the comments he was making as he's walking back to his tent reminded me of, of Mashin Shin, and it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. The, the darkness in Shadow Gothic. He definitely has been corrupted by something darker than dark. And, you know, at the end of the day, I was just like, the man's lost his shit entirely. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do about this? And then he's also wanting what the tower has that belongs to him. I'm like, he wants the dagger. He wants the rest of his, his powers to be returned. So I feel like he's going to launch an attack on the tower soon as well. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. okay. So, I Ami, mean, uh, not to bring up too much, but do y'all remember, like, Fane has, like, this kind of, like, effect on folks? Do you remember when he was a prisoner in Paldara? And yeah. the, uh, the two guys guarding him got real, like, dark and they unhappy lost their and, and crap? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. just well, uh, he, just think on that while yeah. he's walking around all these white cloaks. And he did carry the dagger for long enough to be, I guess, infected. I guess you could call right. it. That's um, true. Matt got mm-hmm. treated, mm-hmm. and he was and never treated. Head and Fane never never has been. Mm-hmm. I still don't get that as an excuse for the white cloak punks that are no. just being like, "Well, we're gonna let this slide." Mm-hmm. No. I don't like it. No. Nope. Um, but his so, control over the. Um, which you call it? The merge roll. The merge roll is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, was it at the very end? Yeah, the merge agrees it's, to do whatever Ordeath tells him to do, and he still won't free free the merge He's like, nope. Yeah, 
Not yet. He's like, I, um, the tent was as bright inside as noonday. Have you thought over my proposal? Accept and you walk free. Refuse. I know how to hurt your sort. I can make you scream through endless dying, forever dying, forever screaming. The chains hummed at a jerk. The stakes driven deep into the ground creaked. Very well. The Myrtle's voice was dried, snakeskin crumbling. I accept. Release me. Ordeeth smiled. It thought him a fool. It would learn. They all would. First, the matter of, mm, shall we say, agreements and accord. As he talked, the Myrtle began to sweat. It's like there are certain rules that these Myrtle are bound to. And somehow Ordeeth understands the rules and understands, I mean, like there's the agreement, an accord. I mean, it's already making me think of the foxes and the snakes. And hmm. I mean, what's the hmm. connection there? I, man, I don't know. Okay. Different types of beings that live under different rules. And yeah, it's crazy. Anything we missed from any of these chapters or man, that's how we ended. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Okay. So Perrin chilling there, talking to Tam mm-hmm. and Matt's da. And a raven is like, I'm going to just swoop in here and hang out and see what you guys are oh, doing. Yeah. And Perrin's like, oh, sure. no, you can. Before before Perrin could do anything. And Perrin, sure. who's pretty quick, before he could do anything, Tam shot that motherfucker in the head. Mm-hmm. There was two shots. Two bolts were loose. Tam just got the kill shot. Yeah. But Tam's went, Tam got the kill shot in the head. Head shots on a bird. Let me tell you, man. Mm-hmm. Hitting him between the wings is always doable, right? Yeah, but that head shot. Birds got small heads compared to their body. They do. Mm-hmm. Tiny little head. Tiny little head. And Tam's mm-hmm. like, and he's there. And Tam and uh, Matt's duh are already like knocking another arrow in the time that Perrin's getting his one up. Yeah. So he wasn't lying when he was like, uh, or who was whoever asked, I mean, are they any good with a bow and arrow? Yeah. <laughs> Compared like, Hill. no, yeah. yeah, they're like really good. Like they're better, better than, than me. Than, they're like, way better than me. You're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good with a bow staff. Pretty good. <laughs> bow staff skills. Yeah. It's a nice mountain bike. You take it off any sweet jumps. Yeah. Any Anything else you missed? Vote for Pedro. I think we're good. Um, for Pedro, but for Pedro, um, Vance made a whole episode. Yeah, yeah I Vance, did. Vance made a whole episode. I can't believe Yay. it. I love it. I know, right? Well, um, before we get to to thanking Vance profusely, um, favorite characters. I'm going Tam. That's why I brought up the headshot. Tam, and it's really for the headshot. Doesn't have to do with the time traveling. Tam stands. Like that. Tam yeah. stands. That headshot right. is. Oh gosh, no, but but loyal in the. I'll sing to the apple tree. Jeez. Alvira, Lady Alvira. Oh, uh, Marin. She was yeah. pretty good too. Yeah. Can I have two? Can I be Tam and Loyal? Sure. I don't want to be. I'm not. I'm not like yeah, playing yeah, for yeah, the fans fine. here. That's fine. I don't want to like, Are you really loyal though? If you have two. Ooh. So in this scenario, I think I would go loyal for the offer to sing to the trees before they leave. But I think. Tam would be okay with that. I think Tam would also pick loyal okay. for that. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. So, so my lady Alvira is going to be mine because she quite literally, skillfully, tactfully maneuvered 
and is continuously maneuvering the entire um, group here and the entire town's people, Edmund Fielders. Like she, she and the other women's circle ladies have got all this shit under control and nobody knows what's going on. So, yeah, you know, the women's circle funnier, for the win. It's funnier and funnier that her husband is the air quotes mayor. Mayor, exactly. <laughs> Just, it's almost like the women are like, yeah, yeah, you can call yourself that. That's fine. Sure. Yeah, you're mayor. And you have a you have a council? Yep. Yeah, great. You have a council. She, she's yeah. even like, I'm going to take them. You're going to stay here. He's like, no, I'll take them. She's like, we need to keep up, you know, the idea that you're important. Like, you have to be here. There's food. There's food in the microwave, honey. Don't worry. You <laughs> yes. can just hit the button and heat put, it up. Put the oven and... on 350 for 20 minutes. You'll be just fine. It'll be delicious. Uh, I'll be right back. And, and yeah. you can pretend like you're important while I take care of the real stuff over here. Like she gets my win. Okay. Good deal. And then next time on the Wheel of Reads, so we'll be doing two chapters, 32 and 33. Um, and they're not cryptic names at all. Um, questions to be asked and a new weave in the pattern. Is that Lord? Girl, let me tell you that weave. Uh, weave. Mm. I have seen. Two girls go at it where the weave comes off. And let me tell you, when there's a new weave in the pattern. (laughs) (laughs) So I normally, at the high school we went to, I wouldn't stop to watch the fight unless there was weave on the floor. (laughs) I was like, oh, this one's worth watching. (laughs) This this guy's serious. She hit her with a stapler. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen it too. Good times. Thank you so much for joining us for an entire episode. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> happy, happy to be back on. So yeah, no, we, always we, good, yeah. always good hanging out with you guys, and yeah. especially listening to uh, Chris and Ian's uh, crazy theories. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so you I know say you crazy, s- I say profound. Yeah. Huh. Hey, crazy huh. is profound. I like it. And I know you, you did a little plug in the beginning, but how can people find you and how can you be supported? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me over at YouTube at the bar to the red hand. Uh, You can also find my podcast, the gleeman in your favorite podcatcher. Uh, I can be found on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at red hand bard. Uh, also, I have my own Discord server. Uh, you're more than welcome to come join it. I will put a link in the Wheel Reads somewhere, wherever Alan tells me I can do that. And I also launched a Patreon a little while ago. So if anyone wants to come support me, you can be my very first patron. Just go and sign up. My lowest tier is only a buck. So. <laughs> well, sounds good. Awesome. And how we can be found. Uh, we can be found at the Wheel Reads everywhere. That's literally just type in the Will Reads everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. In fact, I do have a TikTok. Uh, yeah, the Will Reads on TikTok. It's, it's, we have one. I don't post I it. I also have a TikTok. I uh, yeah. forgot about it. <laughs> I have the Will Reads YouTube. I have the Will Reads TikTok. I have, yeah, I, I don't have Snapchat and I don't have OnlyFans. Well, I'm not talking about that one yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, save OnlyFans. Only, yeah, I'd say the OnlyFans. That, that's a hot, that's a top. You got to save that for. That's yeah. top tier. You gotta patron. save that for when you're Daniel Green size. That's 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 top tier patron stuff right there. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, 
Yeah. And, and the world reads at gmail.com is our email. You can email us. I do respond to those emails. Um, I have had a few people now starting to email me. And, and as you'll know, if you've been one of those people, I do respond. Um, also the world um, That is our website. Um, you can go to it and get links to all sorts of stuff, including our discord server, which is where we do these live recordings on tonight. It was open to everyone. Normally it's patron only. Um, it's a dollar to get access to those live recordings. Um, and a little hint, if you just give me $1, you get lifetime live recordings. I don't take that away from you guys. I would like you to stay a patron forever and Ooh, ever and ever. That's a cheat code. Cheat up, cheat, up, down, down, uh, left, right, left, There's right, a cheat code right there. Stuff. See if people actually, most people tune off and don't even listen to this stuff. So yeah, so for $1, <laughs> as long as you pay me for one month and then cancel your subscription, uh, you still get to get live episodes forever and ever. You don't get the rest of the stuff. Uh, you won't have access to all the patron uh, drops, but you'll get live recording still. Um, and then as far as other ways of supporting us, merchandise, we have lots of merchandise in our merchandise store. It looks like we might have to add a, a Plant Supreme t-shirt um, now. So um, Plant Supreme. Thank you, Hassan. Plant um, Supreme. I, I might do the Beef Supreme from uh, Idiocracy uh, with a <laughs> car with a giant dildo on the front, and then it has a plant behind it, like Plant Supreme. Yeah. I don't know. Um, no, it's it's going to be the green man <laughs> wearing a brand, or Brando t-shirt. A Brando t-shirt, it's yeah. what the plants crave. It's what the plants crave, <laughs> plant supreme. That's actually a really good idea. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, I like layers. it. I, I like that. Uh, Brando. Brando's what the plants crave. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, and then also Patreon. Yeah. So that's uh, the best way of supporting us is Patreon. Um, you get all sorts of benefits. Starts at $1. From there, it goes up. Um, at $5, you get access to full video episodes where I will give you the actual full episode, not just the highlights, which I released everyone. Um, that's not even not patrons, uh, the highlights, but the full episodes and live and in color are for $5 and up. And then uh, $10, you start getting merchandise and all sorts of other things. So there's go to the Patreon website. You can see all the benefits there um, and pick the appropriate level that you want to, and you can always up it or downgrade it up to you. And that's all I got for this week. I think so. Until next time. Peace. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to The Wheel of Reads. See y'all next time. Recording in progress. Yes. Recording in progress. We are recording. I'm leaving the meeting. Yeah. What up, Zoom? Just look like y'all are crazy. So hopefully Zoom Zoom gets their act together and because single track recording. So it's be fun. Um, and Vance, I think might be coming back. Did he say he was coming back? He, he had a potty. Okay. Well, wait, but he nice. didn't use the bathroom literally right next to his mic. He, you know, <laughs> for the sake of the rest of us, he went down the hall <laughs> to take care of business. Uh, y'all are close enough. Y'all, y'all, y'all are family. Oh, I mean, I'm not bothered by hey, it Chris, at all. Chris, who's planning your bachelor party? Uh, Cameron Chaplin and you guys. <laughs> it looks like you're having two bachelor parties then. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I need to go find Cameron's my a pretty pretty time. cool guy. Y'all can all y'all can all plan together.
He's That's talking sweet. about maybe we should go to Kentucky and hit the Bourbon Trail, oh, or maybe we actually, should go to good. Vegas, or so. Anyway. Yeah, uh, my brother just went to a bachelor party last weekend in Tampa, Florida. I was like, "Oh wow!" Yeah. How does the mic sound, by the way? It sounds fine. Yeah. Um, yeah my my uh, my bachelor party was actually deep sea fishing, so it wasn't it was actually a lot of fun. I had a great time. It wasn't like as crazy I as bet. most bachelor parties were, but I had fun to so fish. And I'll take that any day over bar crawling. So <laughs> agreed. Bar crawl anytime, but yeah. You don't go deep sea fishing that often. Yeah. I've so, only yeah. done once in my life. It's a fun time. All right. Um, Vance, you're muted. You're trying to talk to us. Right. You, yep, yep, yeah, I was gonna say the last time I went deep sea fishing, it was miserable. I threw up the whole time. Oh, no. I do not have no. sea legs. Mm. I'm not a. I'm not, not well, meant for being on the ocean. Unfortunately, so, so there's always one on the boat. So we we, we were gonna go deep sea. So I say we went deep sea fishing. We went on a deep sea fishing charter, and the tuna wasn't running. Sure. Well, the tuna wasn't running, so we convinced the captain just to put out a, a chum line and just went shark fishing instead. <laughs> Caught like a shit ton of shit. Sure. Yeah, that could be fun. It was fun. Yeah, sharks are fun to fight. Um, yeah, but anyway, fun times. Um. Yeah, so for Bear everyone listening, welcome to the technical difficulties of the Will Reads. Um, Vance is going to be technical difficulties. Yeah, technical difficulties. Um, we will Vance will be in and out probably throughout the episode. <laughs> hopefully he'll be. I'll try to be in. Yeah, hopefully be in for the beginning <laughs> so he can introduce himself and all that good stuff. And then if he just doesn't talk, we're like, oh, Vance is not here. Um, so yeah. We'll go through all that. So anything else you want to add before we get started? Um, since we're kind of ish on time. Ish. We're still five minutes early. Yeah, usually nine o'clock. We say 830 and everybody that listens to us regularly knows that we're never ready. <laughs> 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 it's always nine o'clock. Yeah. No this like, this is like pre-episode stuff. This but if, like I say, if I said stuff, nine o'clock, like we, wouldn't, we wouldn't start till 930. So I have to yeah. say, um, it's just, we have to do it that way. Um, one day we're going to be on time. We're going to be in here at eight fifteen and ready to go by eight thirty. I say we, I say we do that, and everybody will be. All the patrons are going to be missing like a half hour because they won't tune in till nine o'clock. <laughs> then they'll be like, "Wait, what? Why are they on the second chapter already? What the hell?" Yeah. <laughs> Keep them guessing, man. Yeah. Y'all see all this? You see right. this behind me? Yeah. Oh, what Jordan Con? Jordan Con swag. Oh, nice. Mm, I like it. Nice. Um, can everybody hear everybody just fine on Discord? I had meant to ask that. Um, can, I'm, I'm assuming you guys can hear us because you guys haven't chatted anything. I'm in Pater Pals. I can monitor first timers if we need to, but can you guys chat in there and let me know? Uh, not hearing Chris. He's on, he's double devicing tonight. So um, um, disconnected. It kicked me. Hold on. Um, that, that will do the trick. That will do it. Yeah. You hear Alan, Ian, can you get a mic check? I am checking my mic. I'm looking at it. It's uh, about, got this spongy thing on there. How about it's now? Am I, am I connected? Can you hear Chris now? Can you hear me? I haven't sang in a while. Should I sing? Uh, I miss your voice. Now, he says, now I hear everyone. Vance, I'm, su- I'm assuming yeah. I hear you. Hey, test, test. This <laughs> is Vance, the bar hey. the red hand. <laughs> Back again for another guest spot on the Wheel Reads. How's everyone doing tonight? Hey, you can take over. Go ahead. Excellent. Getting better. Thanks for asking. 
And when he says here, you know, guest spot, just a little sprinkling of a spot. She's like, right. Just a, just a little pink. Just yeah. a little bit. Flex some parsley right on top of a dish as yeah. a garnish, right? A little Get seasoning. The salt. Mm-hmm. Chef. Mm. <laughs> cool. A little salt um, bay meme. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So are you are you ready? Are you ready? Ready? Waiting on okay. you, man. Okay, Thanks. yeah. Let's do we pause and Chris has already eaten his snack. He's that means he's been ready for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chris, just keep the uh the phone close to your mouth as well. You know, you know the deal. We used to do this all the time. <laughs> Brief pause. <laughs> 